on show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this white go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Roscoe, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shooting facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Greg Carrasco. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of a lonely street, that heartbreak hotel where I'll be. I'll be just a lonely baby. Well, I'm so lonely. I'll be just so lonely, I could die. Although it's always crowded, you still can find some room for broken slackers. It's too crowded and blue. I feel bad interrupting the king. You're so lonely. I'm so lonely, I can die. Amazing. Amazing. Some people take this love for Elvis a little weird, though. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a whole subculture there. I remember once I, I, I took over um, uh, a store um, that I'm not going to get into <laughs> where because it, it doesn't matter. But uh, the general manager was obsessed with Elvis, like obsessed. He had a, he had a bust. There was a, like a pedestal with a bust of Elvis inside, inside the office. Apparently, he used to dress up like him and walk around and stuff. I got a question for you. Yeah, man. Is Elvis dead? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Some people don't think so. He dead. Some people don't think so. He dead, all right. He's dead. So is Michael Jackson. So uh, isn't uh, Elvis' daughter, didn't she just die a little while ago, Lisa uh, Lisa Marie Presley or something? Yeah, she did, actually. uh, Yeah, uh, heart attack, I think. Yeah, very recently, a couple months ago. Uh, You know, when you have that kind of money, it's like you you don't know the meaning of the word no, and you you fall into a life of excess. You can do everything, of everything, a lot, now, hard. Forever, you know what do you think is going to happen? You know, um, did you watch the Elvis movie? I did not. No, no. I, I was actually able to. Uh, were you? Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was actually pretty good. Very a, good. I was, yeah, was uh, very surprised at like. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because Baz Luhrmann is just uh, really, really good at making movies on the whole. But yeah. uh, uh, and I know there's a lot of like in you know, the Hollywoodization of uh, Elvis's life, but at the same time. There's, it's Hollywoodization. Wow, that's a big word, man. It's, like, <laughs> it's way too early for Saturday. <laughs> Hollywoodization. All right, let's go. <laughs> but it's but it's also interesting to see that you can see what's real and what's uh, what's authentic, as well as the uh, as well as what is uh, you know, I guess uh, uh, glamorized in that sort of way. In 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 that sense, the truth is that we would never know. But what was that actor? Um, the name of the um, 
It, was it Tom Hanks that uh, played the the bad guy? The Colonel, yeah, yeah, the Colonel, yeah. That was a uh, he, he. That was a pretty, you know, credible bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like Tom Hanks as an actor. You know, while we're uh, on I, the topic I, of of the movies, Greg, I, I've got to say. I, I've heard that you are stoked for the Barbie movie. <laughs> it's Barbenheimer, Barbenheimer weekend. We've made it. Oh, yeah, you know that's that's populated my uh, my news uh, my social media feed for the last two weeks or so. But um, one of the things that you know, since we've gone down the rabbit hole of movies, um, I want to go and see The Sound of Freedom. Um, I don't know you, you guys I'm, I'm sure that you everybody's heard about this movie have you heard about it Alex? I have heard about it I just uh, don't know enough about it yet Tell well it. apparently there were many studios and many big firms that they refused to carry it they refused to distribute it and uh, uh, they encounter a lot of obstruction along the way and uh, it was a very very small budget movie but uh, it is based on a true story of some real life dude that actually did this um, you, you don't know much about it I think I may have heard about it last week is it uh, is it the movie starring Jim Caviezel that's the guy from uh, uh, Jesus no the yeah. movie Jesus yeah. yeah the guy who played Jesus in Passion of the Christ yeah, yeah that was a pretty intense movie very <laughs> actually I, I, I was when I was in Italy I I intentionally went to uh, the place where the movie was filmed Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting! Uh, yeah, the uh, where the crucifixion took place is in a little mount across a va- um, you know a, a gorge uh, in a town of in the town of Matera. Sorry, folks, I forgot to shut off my my phone. Um, <laughs> in the town of Matera. Mm-hmm. Uh, is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. I, I I I couldn't believe my eyes, but I was standing right where the, the movie was filmed. Wow, uh, it was pretty intense. But yeah, that's the guy. Uh, apparently, broke a hundred million dollars world worldwide, and uh, there there is a lot of interesting things about it. Now, everything that I've heard said is going to hit me hard. Mm-hmm. I cry during commercials. <laughs> <laughs> so you put kids involved and I know I'm going to be a mess but apparently you need to have a strong stomach because uh, this child trafficking situation uh, around the world is a multi multi-billion dollar industry and uh, for some reason this just keeps popping up for the last I don't know a few years on my feed and uh, um, it's a very interesting um, uh, outcome of that movie uh, apparently there were many people that were trying to hold it back. And uh, whenever you find something like that that is being suppressed by uh, mainstream media, you, you, need to, you need to pay attention. You need to pay attention. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to watching the, the movie this, this weekend, and I will report to all of you guys what my findings were. Uh, but I'm, I, I cannot hide the fact that I'm a little bit... Um, uh, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say that I'm scared, but I'm reluctant because I know I, I'm a sensitive I'm a sensitive type of person, you know. Little, little things, especially I said, involve children, it just gets to me hard. So, have you 
I don't remember last time I went to the movies. Have you gone to the movies lately? Ooh, the last movie I saw was John Wick. Yeah, me so too. It's a couple months Ooh, ago. Me now. too. Okay. Me too. Me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you can't not see John Wick at the movies, man. That's uh, uh it's got to be one of the one of the most fun movies that, out there. I love that stair fighting scene when they were uh, when John and the other character were trying to get up to the top <laughs> of the tower, and they're just having to throw all sorts of like two hundred guys down the staircase. I wonder what the body count is for a John Wick movie. Oh, man. <laughs> he must shoot hundreds. And I'm talking hundreds. And we all know that those guns only hold nine rounds for the most part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it seems like in the movie, they're just unlimited. Like, unlimited, yeah. Like they, he's, he's just got a shotgun with like 500 rounds in it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. You know, I actually, um, I, I bought uh, a semi-automatic uh, shotgun. Um what is the name of it? Uh, it's, it's the one in the movie. Uh, I, I got it. You know, you it's a you, you know you cock it, boom, and you can actually fire uh, semi-automatic rounds uh, out of a shotgun. It's actually quite cool to to uh, to use. Interesting. Uh, whenever I go to the range up at um, Target Sports in Stouffville, and I use it, it's a pretty fun uh, thing to uh, to use. Uh, yeah, that, I think that was the last movie that I saw. Um, it, it was a. Um, it was a good movie. The um, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, because I know that you're not a, a fan of Justin Trudeau, what did you guys think of him uh, opening the Indigenous Games and getting bowed as aggressively as he was? How do you feel? How do you you know? You guys are Canadian, right? You know, I I'm a Canadian myself, but uh, I'm an honorary Canadian. Um, <laughs> how do you guys feel when the the Prime Minister? is so unbelievably detached from reality and he goes and addresses a, a community that he has completely overlooked during his entire uh, tenure as prime minister and he feels that he has the moral standing to go and address indigenous people. Well, I think he does a pretty good job of giving off the illusion that he cares not to say that he doesn't but i think he does a pretty good job giving off the illusion that you know he prioritizes uh, indigenous people's health but you said it i think he's neglected them for a lot of his tenure uh I think that was an appropriate response. Uh, a lot of people's criticisms with Trudeau, and I've been in this party as well, is I think he can oftentimes appear phony. And uh, I think a lot of the time addressing indigenous people, I mean, this whole act, you know, going to open the indigenous games, it, 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 it just reeks of phoniness. And they caught on right away. He's a poser, man. You know, this is the part that I don't understand. And this is perhaps beyond, uh, you know, my my ability to understand politics. And uh, somebody posted last week that he has committed to donating another half a billion dollars to the war. And I'm thinking, could you solve the freshwater situation in northern Ontario for half a billion dollars? What do you think? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, you probably could, right? There's a, uh, if not completely solving it, at least it's going to be a substantial amount of solving. I think that with the amount of money that he sent to fund the war, that we, you know, we, we shouldn't be involved in, in, in other people's affairs when we have problems at home. But uh, with the billions of dollars that the Canadian government has sent already, we could have probably built the house for each and every one of the indigenous people in northern Canada. No doubt. Uh, but uh, f- somehow we justify spending and sending money overseas when we have some massive problems here uh 
at home. I don't. I, I really don't understand it. Do can do you guys see what I see when um, when I see this um this the stuff going on on TV? Yeah, it's it, and that's it's the frustrating part about. Uh, I mean, it's nice that Canada has such a reputation and such a uh, um and and is known for being, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh. uh f- help uh, 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 a big help to other people around the world and that's great and Canada has a good reputation for that but again we do have a housing crisis we have uh, a financial crisis we have a lot of things going we have the wildfires that uh, that have made air quality around not just Canada but in America really uh, really questionable and uh, it's funny uh, that that uh, that uh, sometimes sometimes in this in the past couple of months better air quality in Manila sometimes than it has been in Toronto because of the uh, wildfires and nothing's really be- and and there's there's something that could be done but it feels like it's not being done and uh, and the prime minister might need to step in I, and, you uh, know listen as much as I dislike Trudeau I don't know if I can blame the wildfires on the guy you're pushing it hard I'm, I'm not blaming uh, the wildfires on the guy have you all. been drinking Baileys already man where is this bottle that is <laughs> I think it's in the fridge <laughs> I haven't broken it out yet uh, you, you know it's not a good idea to put cold Baileys in your coffee but uh, <laughs> anyways folks you are listening to the Greg Carrasco show we are Canada's largest radio show on weekends and we are live if you have something in your mind and uh, you want to talk talk to me about anything uh, what do we talk about we talk about cars we talk about motorcycles we talk about politics philosophy literature tattoos beards jujitsu fitness Barbie Sound of Freedom, whatever is on your mind, call me 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600 is the phone number. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no-commission salespeople. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Across the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. I'm Gilbert Gottfried, and it's Saturday morning. If you're hearing my voice, you're either watching Aladdin or listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. And we're back. If you just tuned in, you uh, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco show. We're Canada's largest automotive show on weekends. Let me see here. This is really loud in my. You know, sometimes it's difficult to get my levels on my headset, but uh, no, that's fine. There you go. Uh, 
No, this one here. There you go. The um, as as usual, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. So, if you uh, if you're looking for a vehicle, I have to share a couple of things with you. You all know how I feel about leasing. Leasing is a, just a terrible thing. It's, it's a terrible thing. And you're gonna say to me, why are you talking about leasing, Greg? When leasing is a terrible thing. Well, because the company that I work with, they offer it, and. Uh, the deal is actually, as far as leases are concerned, the, the, the deal is pretty good. So I have to share it with you. Um, so right now you can get uh, a brand new 2023 Nissan Sentra uh, for $83 a week plus tax on a 24-month lease with only $17.95 down. That's $83 a week plus tax. Plus, plus tax. You know, I always have problems with that. You know, the, my ESL comes up from time to time. You know, I um, last night, I my... my He's my best friend, but, you know, I'm not his best friend. My buddy Kurt came over with his beautiful significant other, and um, they got to my house at around, I don't know, 6.30, 7 o'clock last night. No, 7.30 is when they arrived. Next thing we know, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're floating in the pool, and the pool is warmer than the outside, so you, do, you don't want to get out. But, uh, you know, by the time I made it to bed, it was like 1.30 this morning, and then uh, I have some people doing some work in my garage. So my alarm went off this morning at 5. So that was like me with three and a half hours worth of sleep. And it was... Um, I feel it this morning, man, and that was hard. But you know, it was uh, uh, Kurt. It was so nice to have you guys at my house last night. It was it was great. You thank, know, thank goodness for that nectar of the gods. The, the thank ne- goodness nectar of the gods it would really. I, I I don't know if I could go through a day without it. I, I I do get a headache. I know that I have some problem with the caffeine in the sense that I need to have some every morning. But um, you know, four shots of espresso. At around 5.45 in the morning. Goes a long way. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's enough to wake you wake you right up. So $83 a week plus tax for a Sentra 2023 SV. And if your kid is going to school and you need a, a, a rather inexpensive vehicle to drive, this may not be a bad idea. Uh, now, if you are tired of driving uh, a van... Uh. <laughs> What's your problem with vans? If you're tired of driving, uh, 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 <laughs> what about what about uh, the soccer moms out there? L, <laughs> you know, teenage girls will say that better than I get. L. <laughs> that's the uh, that's a sound effect to describe vans. L, um, and uh, you want to graduate? You want to promote yourself to something actually really, really nice? You should probably have a look at the Infinity QX60. And right now, you can get one on a 33-month lease with 26.95 down for only. And this is, I say, only <laughs> between brackets, four hundred and thirty-nine dollars semi-monthly. Don't ask me why semi-monthly is a thing. It is semi-monthly. Yes, the show is live, and we're taking phone calls. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. We're going to give away a set of AirPods to the best phone call of the day. But as you all know, slackers stay in bed until late. And they don't call the show until like 10, 15 minutes before we close. And that's a bit of a problem. You know, I have a question for you guys. Shoot. Europe or the Caribbean? 
We tossed that question last night d- during dinner, and uh, it turned into an argument. We were literally, I don't know if it was the wine, I don't know what took place, but there was, this was an interesting debate. And, you know, my friend said, no context? No, no context. Just Europe or the Caribbean? Now, I got to preface this saying, I've never been to either. Believe it or not, oh I've never on. been to either. Hold I know, I'm going, I know, I know, I, I know, I know. I was, I was all set to go to Europe in March of 2020. Sorry, April of 2020. Okay, rub it in, go for it, go and rub it in, go and rub it in. I'm going to a Caribbean island, actually, though, uh, with my Bonaire, with my parents in October. You know, I want you to put that on hold. We have a phone call there, uh, Lex? Yes, we do. Who, who do we have on the line? We have Antonio, and he's got a uh, car question for you. Antonio, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can I make your life better this morning? Yesterday, I, I walked into my dealership, and within seconds, I became super livid. Uh, I went into, I drive, I drive a, a BMW as a product. Uh, my that's sorry, a problem right there. <laughs> I know, I know. Trust me, I know. <laughs> um, so I walk in and I just expect to leave my key as usual because it's all included in the uh, in the warranty that the oil changes. And I'm told that my warranty has expired, literally expired a couple of weeks ago. My question to you is, especially with a premium product like like BMW, should I not expect a phone call? couple of weeks, couple of months before, just like a mortgage comes due and it's like, hey, your, your warranty is coming due. Would you like to, you know, look into uh, uh, extending it or buying a new one? Is that too much to ask? You know, Antonio, I know that you listen to the show, dude, but uh, you are the worst, dude. <laughs> you are the absolute Why? worst. Because it's your car. It's your responsibility to make sure that you know <laughs> what's going on. It's, you okay. know, listen, but listen, <laughs> listen to me. It's, yeah. it's your vehicle. It's your responsibility to make sure right. that you know when your warranty expires. Now, would it have been nice? Sure. But you got to remember that. I don't know where you're going, but most dealers will have tens of thousands of customers. And you're going to say, well, I'm important. I'm sure you are. But the reality is this, that, you know, let me give you an example. And I want you to stay with me with this because it's important, right? Um the right. um a little while ago this gentleman showed up at the store uh he bought a, a vehicle used i'm going to even keep the brand out of the equation and uh he showed up at the store with uh, his vehicle on a tow truck uh, with an engine seized um and we discovered that uh, he hadn't done an oil change for almost 20,000 kilometers so the engine seized because of lack of maintenance and he says well you know it's your fault you should have called me so I, but hold on a second. Um, at the time, we 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 did a little bit of an investigation for him, and uh, we discovered that there was some small metal metal particles in the um, uh, in the oil residue, uh, you know, residues on the oil pan, and uh, we were able to hook him up with some warranty. Okay, we so we, we changed the engine. We gave him a free engine. Guess what happened 20,000 kilometers later? <laughs> if, you, if you had to guess, Antonio, talk to me. Guess what happened 20,000 yeah. kilometers later? <laughs> the car shows an up again. <laughs> the car shows up again with an engine failure right. because of lack of maintenance. 
So, you know, and this, right. this guy is literally suing us uh, because he wants his money back that, according to him, he bought a faulty vehicle. And the reality is that we cannot, he cannot prove to the dealership that he has done a single oil change in the last 40,000 kilometers. I agree with you 100%, Antonio, that the dealership should have sent a little notice. Uh, you know, you, you may be hitting your warranty soon. You, you, you warranty right. may be ending soon. But it's impossible to keep track of the driving patterns of each consumer, especially after COVID. Some people now are driving more than before, and some many, many people are driving significantly less. Now, how far over your warranty are right now? Two weeks. Okay. Uh, and they they refused to give you warranty work? No, I, I had to do the, the old, you know, let me speak to the sales manager. And he, he found, he actually admitted that we should have emailed you. Yeah, or they should have. Are you, are you, are you get, yeah. And, and, and look, Greg, I get it. That's an extreme example you gave me compared to me. I'm not that guy. I go into <laughs> my regular, you know, tune-ups and all that. But what I'm saying is I get inundated. With calls from the same dealership All the time, asking yeah. me if I want to trade in my oh, vehicle yeah. because there's a shortage of right? But so or you know, just prior to my appointment, they have someone actual live, not on email, asking me or calling me to make sure I'm gonna keep my appointment, my scheduled appointment. So those are many opportunities that I feel you can retain a client. It's an opportunity to, to sell more product to me. And also, it's a courtesy to me because I'm a busy guy, just like you are. Yeah. I don't have time to go and look at when my uh, warranty expires. And I expect it more from a premium product like that. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to side with you on this one, Antonio, because I, I can tell you this, car manufacturers have gone absolutely bonkers contacting customers. I, I, I despise it, you know, leave the people alone, but the problem is this, yeah. that the, the stuff that they're choosing to communicate to the customer with is right. not ultimately the practical yeah. application of good customer service. Like, I would much rather, uh, you know, send you a notification saying, hey, you have six months and 3,000 kilometers left in your warranty, get your butt back here, let's check your car, let's make sure that whatever we can cover through the warranty is good to go so that way you don't fall under the problem that, you've, that you're that having right now. Now, saying that, right. um, it, it is mm -hmm. the responsibility of the customer. It's like 100%. 100% is the responsibility of the customer. Now, right. if you have been loyal yeah. to this dealer, Antonio, they will give you goodwill, yeah. man, because two weeks is not a long time. So they they should right. have. Right. They That's should what have. I did. Yeah. So they gave it to you. But not for, you know, doing the old uh, irate. Uh, you know, I, I was embarrassed, actually, when I thought about it. I had to go back to the sales advisor, who happened to be a female, and I apologized to her to, to Make sure that she understood it was nothing personal. She totally got it. Um, but look, uh, Greg, I, I get you, but I'm just thinking in a service-based industry, that's what brings me back to a dealership or to a product. Yeah. And it's lacking. And, it, and things changed over the last, I've been driving you know, these type of vehicles for the last 20 years. Nothing has changed. It's still the same old BS. <laughs> uh, I, I, I wish I could stand here and disagree with you. But I can't. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I'll tell you this because a few years back, I decided to go and work for one of the big uh, three um, American imports. And the stuff that I saw at mm -hmm. that store, dude, I, I only saw it in the movies. Like, I didn't think that that stuff was legal. <laughs> and they, it's still right. happening right now under our nose. And uh, as much as we try to clean up the industry, and, I, and dude, I got to tell you, man.
Uh, the TADA, uh, in conjunction with uh, OMVIC and the CADA, do a tremendous amount of work cleaning up our industry. And that they, you know, we are one of the most legislated and scrutinized industries in, in the country. But still, you find some very small elements here and there that is just absolutely criminal, man. And uh, I, I wish I could say it out loud and, and who it is and what they do. But, um, you know, we, we live in a world in which uh, there are other repercussions. And, you know, it becomes your word against other people. And, you know, in, in my case, the, the best thing that I could do is to just walk away. Just walk away. I'm not part of this. I mm -hmm. do not want to. You know, the car business shouldn't be something that we do to people. The car business is something mm -hmm. that we do for people. You know, I don't want people to feel right. assaulted when they walk into a car dealership. That's not the point, right? But um, you would be surprised how many bad elements still remain. Now, saying that... Uh, I, you know, my career now is almost 30 years in the industry. It has gotten better. It has gotten better. There are some, you know, checks and balances. We have systems in place now, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we still make mistakes, man. I, I hope that, uh, uh, the, that your local BMW dealership was able to, you know, step up and look after you and, um, you know, just make sure that you stay on top of your warranties. But thank you so much for the phone call, Antonio. I really appreciate it. Yeah. That, All right, Greg. Thanks very much. Thanks, brother. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. That is, that's a very interesting lesson to learn from Antonio, folks. Just about everybody that you know has a car. There is a car in your driveway. You use it to go to work. Your kids have one. Everyone has it. If you ask yourself, you know, when was the last time I did an oil change in this? And you cannot remember or when you did the oil change? Maybe. Just maybe you should call the dealer and say, am I due? Am I due? Because your vehicle is the exact same thing that happens with your dentist. You know, you can get away with not going to the dentist for a long, long time. And maybe you were blessed with a mother that drank a lot of milk during your, the pregnancy. And you did also when you were young and you have good calcium and good bones and your teeth are still holding on. But one day, guess what? It's going to start us a little pain somewhere. A little tiny pain that's going to grow. And at nighttime, it's like, oh, man, this is really bothering me on the side of my face. And then you'll start talking like this because your face hurts so much. And then you're going to go and see Dr. Bandari in Oakville. <laughs> I love that guy. You're going to see Dr. Bandari in Oakville. And then it's going to say, sir, sorry. I need to perform a root canal, a double root canal, because you didn't do maintenance on your teeth. So what I'm saying is the following. If you do your maintenance, which I do, I, I do my maintenance on my teeth at minimum of three times a year. And if you know me, you know that I have this pearly whites. I take a lot of pride in how much care I put into my mouth. Three times a year, I do maintenance on my teeth with the hope that I never have to do a root canal. That's the whole point. If, if there is a cavity, if there is a problem, there was early detection is the number one way to solve problems in everything in life. You start noticing something bad, fix it now. You see yourself slacking, fix it now. You know, The Rock put a really cool video yesterday on, on social media. And what he said is, when you, whenever you're thinking about doing something and you say, ah, oh, you know, one day, one day, he says, no, 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 that's not the way you should do it. Just say day one. 
Wow. It hit me. Like only the rock can. That's what The Rock was cooking in my social media yesterday. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not one day, folks. It's day one. And day one is today when you start listening to The Carrasco Show because this show is cool. Do we have another phone call now? Uh, we do. Um, Who do we have on the line? Uh, didn't, they didn't give their name. What do they want to talk about? Do they even write that? Yes. They said, why aren't you awake? I'm trying to buy 210B M750. I was 16,000 or 160,000K. What do you think is the Star Wars? <laughs> Uh, okay, let's put this person on the line. I have no idea what you just said there, Lex. Me neither. Uh, <laughs> hey, stranger, that you want to talk to me? What's up? How can I make your life better this morning? Morning. Good morning. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? Good. What What, uh, what is your name? It's, it's, it's Joe. Hey, Joe. What's going on? I am trying to buy a 750 LI. Um, with 160,000K, what do you think the scar worth, uh, Greg? Oh, that's a good question, dude. Let me see here. I don't think I have my V-Auto open on my computer. Uh, you know, look, the, the, I happen to like the 750. I think it's a phenomenal car. <clears throat> the problem is this that is not a big seller the LI is dude it's a limo man I, I have had a 7 series sitting on my lot for a year that I can't get rid of dude and it's, it's got less than 100,000 kilometers it's got like 90 some thousand kilometers you know if Joe if you have a minute go to my website and, and look at that BMW that I have sitting on my lot because I'm about to just auction it off um, do no I, way. Okay. I, I'm serious. Go go and check it out. You know, why don't we do this? Uh, let's take a short break. Don't go anywhere, Joe. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get a hold okay. of, uh, you know, my system here. And uh, I'll tell you what, if I can get on my on my system, I will tell you what the vehicle is worth, what you, you should be paying, and whether we can help you or not. Folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and you're going to get the straight goods when you come and talk to me. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. David Hasloff here. Now, I only have one thing to say that you need to make better life choices. Listen to The Greg Carrasco Show. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco here, and I have Joe on the line talking to me about older luxury cars. How much do these people want for the vehicle, Joe? They want uh, 10.5. Yeah, you know, that's exactly what I was going to tell you. Look, if you're asking me whether the vehicle is a good vehicle, the answer to you is yes. Um, if you're asking me whether it's a good price for the car for that year, I would have to say that, yes, that is. The, 
the kilometers, I don't think that you can hear me. Can you hear me now? Yes, you can still hear me. The, uh, the kilometers on that vehicle on a yearly basis, it's a 2010, so the vehicle is roughly 13 to 14 years old. So the person that had it before was putting in maybe 12, 13,000 kilometers a year. So those, that's also a good sign. Do you have the service history on that car, Joe? Uh, no, he doesn't. Is this... Uh, because he bought it... He bought it from somebody uh, uh, about a year ago, and um, I've been told that basically it burned a lot of oil, this car, you know. Well, they do have a problem uh, with burning oil in those years, but, uh, I mean, you that's the least of your worries uh, when you're buying a 13-year-old luxury car. A lot of people think that because you are paying it's a significant amount of money less to acquire this sort of machine that that the maintenance cost is going to be less. It's the complete opposite. You know, the higher the price, the lower the maintenance. The lower the price, the higher the maintenance. So the maintenance cost on a vehicle is inversely proportioned to the price that you pay for it. So, for example, if you buy a $3,000 car, you better believe it that you're going to be sinking thousands and thousands and thousands and more thousands of dollars onto this vehicle. And, and that is something that you, you need to go with your eyes wide open into this, into this situation. Because, look, I don't think that that car is a bad car. But... It has seen better days. I mean, the vehicle is 10 years old. You will find issues. It's already way past all the serviceable uh, lifespan that you could have had. Now, how many kilometers are you going to be driving a year? Oh, not much, actually. I have another couple cars, so this is just like... It's a hobby car more than uh, than driving to. Uh, okay, so let's let's let's, even let's analyze this for a little bit longer. How, what what are your other cars? I have a car actually which I'm in love with. It's 2010 Lincoln Town Car uh, Limited, which got only 110,000 kilometer on it. Okay, what else you have? I have um, a Nissan. Uh, Ultra, which has got 160,000K, and that one is 2,000. A Nissan, Nissan Ultra? No, Extra. Oh, Xterra. Xterra. Uh, oh, a Nissan Xterra, Xterra. The, from the year 2000. How many kilometers does it have? 160. And is, uh, is it yellow? Is it black or is it silver? No. It's black. It's black. Black and black. Yeah. Black and, uh, and uh, gray interior. And gray interior, yeah, for sure, for sure. I was selling those things. Uh, it's a beautiful car. Okay, so uh, you, you, you collect this sort of thing. That's, that's what you're talking to me about. Well, right? I collect it. My kid, they drive them, you know, whenever. But the Lincoln, nobody drive it. I just drive it myself. Yeah, that's a, that's a big boat. Look, man, I, I, I was surprised. I just turned the radio. I used to talk to you a lot at 1010. And I was just turning the radio. I said, no way. I can't believe it. Well, it, is there, so. this is, a, you know, I, I can tell you, Joe, this is a, this is the last free radio station that we have in Ontario. In all the other networks that okay. I work for, you know, we're not allowed to speak our mind and I'm not going to do that. So it doesn't I matter. How, it doesn't matter how big the radio station is. If they don't allow me to speak my mind, I will leave. You know what I'm saying? I respect you a lot for that. In fact, I spoke to you when you were at 1010 about the vaccine, and uh, we had a long conversation, if you remember or not. Yep. 
I promised to say, well, I'm going to come and visit you one day there to make sure you bring the espresso, and uh, I will do that uh, one day. Maybe you said you have a couple cars, uh, uh, 750 LI. Maybe I'll stop by and look at it. You know, stop by and have a look at it. Now, look, if you if you want to ultimately buy that 750 LI that you're looking at, my personal recommendation would be this: the following. Take the vehicle to either someone that you trust, like a like a you know a friend of yours that is a mechanic, or take it to a local BMW dealership to give it a once over, or bring it to me. At least we're gonna be able to put it up on the hoist, you know, check the compression on the engine, make sure that the seals are all there, make sure that the car is all there for you. So if you wanna do that, I you know more than happy to help you, Joe. And thank you so much. It's so good to hear your voice again, brother. And stay well, and hopefully you'll call again. Okay. I definitely will. Thanks, Greg. Have thank, a good day. Thank you, Joe. That warms my heart, man. That guy's been listening to me for, you know, at least 12 years. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is that when you change networks, uh, you know, especially for the reasons that I have changed networks, um, you know, some people just, we are creatures of habit. You know, you turn the radio station to that station. That's what you listen to. And a lot of people don't, uh, you know, they're so set in their ways that they are afraid of going click. Click, click on the dial. Not that the dials click anymore, but uh, that's what usually happens. Um, that is an interesting uh, conversation that that Joe started here, because there is a lot of people that think that buying a vehicle on the secondhand market, especially the high end, the super luxury vehicles, that you're going to get a deal. It doesn't necessarily work that way. You know, let me give you another example. I'm a big fan. What is the name of that? I wish you had a computer, man, uh, so you can help me with this. Uh, let me see. Bentley Coupe. I forget the name uh, of this coupe. Hold on a second. Do, 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 do. I'm trying to put it in here. Uh, there, the Continental. The, the Continental Coupe is, a, is, is, is delicious to look at. You know, when you see a Continental Coupe Bentley coming down the pipeline, Eh? You know, you see him going down Trafalgar over there with all the ultra-rich people down in Oakville. Or you see it going down Lake Sherrod in front of one of my favorite re- restaurants, Borjo Antico. You got to go see those guys, uh, people. If you live in Oakville or the surrounding areas and you want to go for a really authentic Italian eating experience, go see my friends at Borgio Antico. It's a fantastic restaurant. No, they're not paying me to say this. I just love those guys. I got them to cater a little get to get together that I had at my house a couple of weeks ago. Dude! I can think of the, the tomato and the, the actual cheese that they sent and the little empanadas. What? <laughs> It was uh, it was food of the gods. But anyways, I'm talking about the Continental and I digress. You see the little Continental Bentley going down, deliciously to look at, with the opulence. Sexy, man. It's just like glide. It's like, it's, it's, it doesn't even look like it's moving, man. It's just like, it's like gliding down Lake Road. You know, brand new, it's close to half a million dollars. No joke. But you know, you you wait <laughs> because you are a sensible person. So you wait one or ten years <laughs> until it gets cheap enough to <laughs> to get into your 
plebe income bracket. <laughs> so you can pick up a 10 or 12-year-old Continental now for, I don't know, maybe $30,000, $40,000. So you can literally buy a 12-year-old Bentley for forty grand. But here is the problem. If you're one of those lucky ones that got the electrical gremlins factory setting from Bentley and you have some electrical problems with this car, you're going to be dumping money into this vehicle as if it was a boat. The, the amount of money that it costs you to service a Bentley, is it, it would put it out of everyone's income bracket no matter what price range you're in. And uh, I looked at them. And, you know, uh, I work in the car industry, so we got our ways around things. If if I need to do an oil change on my Bentley, it's not going to cost me $2,000 like it costs for a Porsche. Did you know that? No. No, that's uh, that, that that's insane. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know what? Couple hundred bucks ain't bad for an oil change. <laughs> Couple hundred dollars. I'm, I know, I know. Like comparative, no, man, I think that right, I think that right now for a BMW uh, eight series is uh, it's about a thousand dollars or so, or eight hundred and some dollars for an oil change. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like thinking to myself, okay, you know what? Compared to you know what I could be paying for an oil change in another car, on a luxury car. Oh boy, wow, what a difference. No, but I think that what I'm trying to get at is the fact that. Actually, you know, look at this here. A 2013 Bentley Continental, $88,000. Nice. A 2008, $66,000. Nice. 2005 Continental GT, $46,000. But that's not the problem. The problem is the problems that come with that vehicle. Mm. Think of all the stuff that needed to go wrong for that car to land in the little tiny used car lot on... Kingston Road. Cheer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a scary place. <laughs> it's a scary place. Look at this. Look at this beauty. Can you see yeah. it? Oh, oh, I've seen it. It's beautiful. You know what? That is screams <laughs> emulator. It screams, come and date me. <laughs> come and date me. Yeah, for sure, man. The problem is that you can't back it up, man. You can't drive a Bentley and live in your mom's basement. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that. What, what were you doing there? You're doing some, some head, head sign. Oh, come in, Money Mike. Money Mike is here, so he's going to join us in a couple of minutes. So the the moral of the story is the following. Just because you're saving money on the price of the vehicle, it doesn't mean that you're going to be saving money overall. Because, uh, uh, you know, a $10,000 vehicle is a $10,000 problem. It is absolutely a $10,000 problem. Don't do it. Don't do it. I, I mean it. Don't do it. Spend a little bit more money. Take the vehicle to the local dealership. Get get it tested. Get it get it certified. At least get them to give it a once over to make sure that it's not burning two liters of oil every time you go to the supermarket. That could get a little costly. And for the love of God or whatever is dear to you, in my case, Zenu, for the love of Zenu. Can you make sure that you checked the last time you did an oil check on your vehicle, an oil change on, a, on your vehicle? It's the number of engines that are coming blown to the dealership because you folks, slackers, are not changing the oil on your vehicle. It's insane. I can't believe I'm saying this on the radio. I can't believe that this, that people today need to be reminded that you need to change the oil every so many kilometers, depending on the manufacturer. 
For the same reason that there is a sticker on the car battery that says, please do not drink the acid. <sighs> Can you believe that? There is a sticker that says that. It's harmful, <laughs> potentially lethal, if you drink battery acid. And on that note, we're going to take a short break, folks. Money Mike is, on, <laughs> is in the house. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. You are listening to Canada's largest radio show on weekends, the Greg Carrasco Show. Don't go anywhere. And if you have anything to say, call me. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. We'll be right back. Could you tell where my head was at when you found me? Hey, what's up, sports fans? Forrest Griffin here, and I want you to check out the Greg Carrasso Show. Check him out. Greg and the gang. Uh, yeah, enjoy. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasso Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on the boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg Carrasco. I've been a rich man, and I have been a poor man, and I choose rich every time. Yeah! Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Those who don't know what that song means. My next guest is a friend of mine, and it will change your life. He will steer your moolah into the right direction. He will shame you into not spending. <laughs> I don't I'll know. Try. It hasn't try. worked. It hasn't worked with me. I'm shameless. <laughs> I was telling I was telling Triple G yesterday that uh, I I know myself so well that if I have money laying around. At any given point, I will spend it. Like everybody needs a new Rolex <laughs> on a Monday afternoon at three, because that's when you need it. <laughs> I will find a reason to buy another watch for sure. <laughs> he was just laughing because he's the opposite of me. Oh, yeah? Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was fun yesterday. You know, I've, uh, yesterday was a uh, my worlds collide. Triple G is a is a is somebody that bought a Genesis from me uh, about eight years ago. At uh, yeah, it's eight years ago. Man, it's been a long time. Uh, almost nine years ago now at Hyundai of Oakville. And um, the condition that he gave me for buying the vehicle was this: that every time he came in for service, that I had to go out for lunch with him. And I figured, yeah, you're a quirky guy. 
I like that. He is, you know, Triple G is a, is a bit older than me. You know, he's in his late, no, early 70s, 73. 77. Shh. I'm, I said 73. 73. That's what I said. It's 73. 73. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been, uh, we've been friends ever since. And, uh, you know, he, I, I look up to the dude, man. He, if I am that filled with vitality, virility, <laughs> Energy, attitude, and pizzazz. <laughs> at that at that age, I, I've won, man. I've that's it. It's all, it's all good, oh, man. It's all good. He had us cracking up yesterday. So, Money Mike and uh, Triple G went out for lunch yesterday. That was that was super fun, wasn't it? I, that was that was a lot of fun. It was it was great to meet Greg, and uh, look forward to a. Uh, 25-year-old version of myself, or 25-year-older version of myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are very similar in, 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 in many, many different ways. <laughs> Except that he, is, uh, he, he has reached something that we call the escape velocity. Yes. <laughs> he has enough FU money that uh, he doesn't care what anybody has to say, and that is a wonderful position to be in. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was... Um, uh, Triple G was uh, uh, was showing off his brand new uh, GV70, if I'm not mistaken. Or was it the 80? No, it was the GV80. Yeah, it's the big one that he has. Yeah. Damn, that's nice a nice-looking car. car, man. Holy smokes. Uh, Genesis is doing SUVs right, folks. Don't Do not discard them. I know I sell Nissan and Infinities, but... Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, he showed up with this brand spanking new uh, Genesis GV80. And, uh, um, you know, you need to put your your fingerprint to get it started. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I sat at the driver's seat. And, uh, you know, I can see his, Greg's finger just going on the screen there, just trying to get it started. But, uh, um, yeah, it's got, uh, it, it even has launch control. So you can raise this thing. It's, it's just amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, they've, they've come a long way. But, uh, yeah, we do this very, very often. We, we try to get together, you know, quite a few times during the year. But uh, for the last few years, actually, Triple G's been a bit of a slacker, uh, Mike, because um, we um, we share a membership to the Mervish uh, Theater Company. Right. right. So we split the tickets. So he goes... You know, one month I go to one, and you know, and we split all the uh, the uh, the shows. You know, there are certain ones that I want to go see. There are some other ones, that, and we buy it together. But um, he got himself a girl some time ago, and now things have changed uh-huh. now. So, ladies, uh, Triple G is back in the market. <laughs> uh, but he got a girl, and uh, he he ditched me, man. I he he we didn't go to the theater. We we go to the theater together. Yeah, and uh, he ditched me. Greg, I guess my, my son complained about the same thing with his. One of his best friends, as soon as he got a girlfriend, I'm like, dude, fifteen, seventy five, it's all the same. As soon as as soon as the girlfriend enters the picture, we get other priorities. Oh man. That's you the know, way it works. Bros before girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> Lex missed miss that one, man. But uh, <laughs> anyways, I, I'm looking forward to doing it again and uh hopefully uh next time I see you both yeah. I will have you back in my house in my in my humble little shack. Sounds good. Yes, Sounds in my good. home. So yeah. talk to me. What's what's going on in the in the money world? What um, what do you want to talk well, about you know, this morning? Before we get to the money world, I have to say I was listening to Antonio's call on the drive in. Yeah, 
and totally in his camp um, because I'm not sure if you're aware of this. I work in a world of sales. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I don't shudder because of the lack of service that he received. I shudder from the standpoint of sales opportunity lost. Yeah. If I'm, if I am the, the sales <clears throat> manager over at the BMW dealership, somebody is getting a talking to because not, he shouldn't be getting a call because it's the dealership's responsibility to remind him when his warranty is up. He should be getting a call because there's an opportunity to provide another warranty. Well, un unfortunately, um, I I'm, I'm sure that it's the same thing with you guys yeah. uh, in the financial world. Uh, a lot of people think that they are invincible. They are immortal and sure. that they will never be sick. So sure. a, a warranty is nothing more than uh, a life and disability insurance for your car. Or, you know, critical illness and disability insurance for your car. So if your car ever gets sick, now you have somebody that is going to pay for it. It's like a, it's like an invisible bank account that you're going to draw money from whenever your car breaks down. You yeah. know, somebody explained that to me the other day and I thought it was brilliant. Um, here's the problem. Okay. That the service managers and yeah. the sales managers usually don't like each other. <laughs> okay. Okay. So in in now and and this is and this is the fault of the of of dealer principles for a hundred years, um, using the divide and conquer system within the store. You know every store has four departments, sometimes five, but mostly four. So you have parts, you have service, you have new car department and used car department, and they all fight with each other for. To remain profitable because everybody is trying to make money off of each other or at least to retain their profit margins. Right. So, for example, um, you bring in a used car. Yeah. And uh, the car is, I don't know, three years old and he goes through the shop um, to get safety and certified and reconditioned. So the service department is going to find every single little thing that is wrong with that vehicle to bring it up to speed. Right. Which eats up in the entire profit margin of the car. On the sales side. Yes. And the guy yeah. in, in the sales office is saying, hold on a second. Those tires are still good. Why are you changing the tires? They still have another two seasons left. You know, it passes safety, blah, 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 blah. And then you, this is a constant, constant struggle. And uh, unfortunately, that that remains true to this day in many, many, many dealerships. Uh, there is no um, uh, what is synchronicity between the departments. So whenever the customer comes in for service, uh, they don't see it as a sales opportunity. And believe it or not, when you sell an extended warranty, it's not sold by the service department. It's sold by the sales department. So the service department doesn't care. It's your problem. You didn't sell an extended warranty. That's that is crazy to me, and and I and I, I saw evidence of that when my Lexus died. Yeah, the transmission dropped. I was told it's going to cost you fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, pretty to, much to replace the transmission, and and I think it needed something else done. The total of of all these things was fourteen thousand dollars, so it wasn't worth it for a near ten year old vehicle. No, it was not. So time to walk away. The only call I got from Lexus yeah. was asking me when are you gonna come and pick up your dead car? Really? There was no call saying, Hey, you need another car. Not a single one. That's from the Lexus dealership. Yes.
That's crazy, guys. And, you know, folks, if you are in the car industry right now and you're not paying attention to your database on an individual basis, you're leaving money on the table. Because Money Mike is a multimillionaire. (laughs) (laughs) But that is is evidence of exactly what you're talking about, though. There is the service department saying, I've got this thing taking up a parking space. When are you going to get rid of it? Nobody saying to the sales department, we have a customer of eight years. Who's got a car who died? Let's get him into a new car. He needs yeah, a new car. It's unfortunate. That is that is sad on so many levels. It is, and and, and you know, we at, at my stores we're not perfect, but we certainly don't have that problem because what we've done is that, for example, we look at. You know, every day's we look at tomorrow's service appointments, and at any given point, we will have fifty people coming in. For and that's a sales opportunity. Every yeah. day we have fifty people that are at different stages of car ownership. Some of them are, have brand new cars. Some of them them have ten year old cars. So we we do a presentation for everyone that makes sense to upgrade. Whether you are too close to the end of your warranty or your repair is so crippling expensive that it doesn't make sense like what happened to you. And we try to do a presentation for them every time that they're in. But you see, look, it's all is, of course, it's self-serving. We want to sell a car. But we are doing it with good intentions because if, if if you keep this vehicle right now you're going to spend more money than you should if you keep that car you're paying more money than you should and we look at it from that perspective if yep. if i was in that position would i do what you're offering me if the answer to that is yes let's present that to the customer so we take that approach but you'd be surprised how many people look at car dealerships to this day as the big bad guy in that big building over there that is just going to take advantage of you that percent has not changed. No, and, and I get that. But that's, in, in my mind, that's what sales is. Sales is providing you a perspective. Here's an opportunity to fill a gap. You either see the gap or you don't. Mm-hmm. But I can't take offense at the offer. It is still my decision to make. I vote with my feet. There was no offer. And, and that, that, to me, was such, I mean... If I had a three-year-old, my three-year-old would understand, daddy doesn't have a car anymore. He probably should have another car. Lexus didn't understand that. Oh, or they, 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 they refused to see it. They refused to see it. And the opportunity was right there on their face and they never really took it. But, yeah. uh, you know, and that's why a lot of people come and do business with me. because Which is what I did. Yeah. Which they, is what um, I did once again. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting phenomenon that I've seen over the years, uh, Mike, because um, for, by and large, People are not brand loyal anymore. That was a thing of the 40s and 50s and 60s. Today, people just gravitate uh, towards different brands all day long. But people are so fed up with being taken advantage of that once they find a car person that they feel they can trust, then, then they have a car person. And whatever that person is selling is what they will take. And I have seen it throughout the years that people have followed me through. You know, I hear it all the time. Oh, you change jobs all the time. Actually, not really. Um, But wherever I go, people find me at that stage and they will get whatever it is that I'm providing them for them at the time. And that that is an incredible compliment. And I feel so humbled by all these people that have been following me for close to 30 years now. It's, it's fascinating to see. But uh, I think that what we, prov- what I try to provide for them is a predictable experience and safety. 
Nothing bad will happen to them when they deal with me or my crew because I, I'm, I'm pretty – I keep a leash very, very short on the crew. Yeah. Um, I don't have to anymore because they have been working with me for so long that I simply don't put up with nonsense and that they know this. And, and, and that makes me that makes me super happy. So when somebody asks me, Greg, who should I talk to of your staff when I come and see you and you're not there? And I say pick. Yeah. Just pick because they're all good. So um, that's something that um, that that we do really well. But you know, I do want to talk to you about finances. But okay. yep. you know, we need to reset, folks. Uh, Money Mike is here with me. He is my personal financial advisor. And if you haven't heard from your financial advisor for the last three. Four, five, six months. Maybe it's your time to make the phone call. So I want you to save Money Mike's information down. So you can reach him on his website. It's moneymike.ca. You can call him on his personal cell phone number after the show at 905-320-6762. And this morning, he is live with me in the studio. And it's 289-275-9600 is the phone number. All questions are welcome. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And there is where I live right now. So you need to come and see me. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Hey, hey, what's up, Toronto? When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under his bed for me. Ken Shamrock here, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hello, Toronto. Hey, Jerry Springer here. You know, I've met some pretty messed up people in my life, but I got to tell you, this guy takes the cake. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a ball. And we're back. I'm surprised that that song is still allowed on the radio. <laughs> Why? In this politically correct uh, world that we live in, it's like, a, I can make my own money. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. It's just a song from the 80s. I don't know. I just play it here. <laughs> we have a phone call already. What is the phone call about? It's an anonymous phone call, apparently. About what? Uh, apparently did not save processing audio at the so moment. do we have a name or anything? Uh, it'll come up in about a couple seconds. Okay, so, yeah. In in the future, just let me know when something comes up. So, I, I don't <laughs> Anonymous and anonymous. Um, you know, um, last time that you were here, yeah. there was a lot of... Um, 
uh, it's like you you rattle the 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 bushes uh, with the insurance conversation, right? right. And uh, I, I do find it fascinating because uh, you know, from my viewpoint, uh, I couldn't imagine a world in which I am not protected uh, in case something happens to me, and in uh, case and that my people, the the people that I love, are not fully protected against in. Um, Immunize against my demise. You know, it's right. like they are they are protected against my passing just in case. But even though I may not pass, if I'm not able to produce, because I'm a producer, I'm I'm there providing. I, I'm out there, and if one day something were to happen to me, I, it would be catastrophic. But it amazes me that to this day people don't pay more attention to their insurance. Um, is it mostly because people think that they are? Immortal, invincible, like I was saying before, or is it just they don't like to think about those things and they stick their hand in the sand? Well, it, there's definitely an element of the, it's not going to happen to me. Although, mm-hmm. if you ask any person, know anyone <clears throat> close to you that died before forty, got a you know cancer diagnosis at forty-seven, they, they'll have tons of stories. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they don't. They don't seek out the solutions to making sure their family is going to be fine if something like that happens to them. It's out of sight, out of mind. It's people are just busy doing the things they call their life mm-hmm. that they don't. It's it's not top of mind. It has to be brought before them for them to consider it. Um, just like estate planning, right? No one th- sits around thinking about their wills or their powers of attorney or dude, affairs arranged. Then the number of people that I know. Uh, in which one of the parents or both parents have, you know, finally passed and is a catastrophe that takes place within the family. Right. Because nobody knows anything. Nothing is in writing. Some sisters are going to take more than they should and they take over the bank accounts and they now they need to dispose of the house and so on and so on and so on. And it's just a disaster. All the siblings end up fighting each other and then the whole notion of a family gets completely obliterated. Never mind that, you know, one of your parents just died. But then you guys are not even siblings anymore in in, in practical terms. But, uh, you know, who do we have on the line? We've got Peter on the line. Okay, Peter, thank, thank, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can we make your life better this morning, Peter? Sorry, Greg. Hi. Hi. How are you, man? How can we help you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Um, my, my question is um, uh, regarding warranties. Like, how do you gauge how much, you know, a warranty is going to cost you? Like, how do you know if you're getting a good deal, you know, when <sighs> buying a car warranty? And <laughs> Sorry to be sort of off topic, but it kind of is on topic. It's an insurance. You guys are talking about it is, and you know, and and, and 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 thank you for that for you know tying those two in because one of the the topics of conversation that we had yesterday when we were out for lunch is like, you know, are you overinsured? You know, are, are you buying too much? Uh, I, I think that um, if you're looking for a deal uh, on a warranty, is uh, it's a wrong way to look at it uh, because. The the price of the warranty is directly proportioned to the quality of the warranty. And uh, the absolute best warranty that you can buy is the manufacturer warranty, period. That's that there is no if, ands, or buts about it. And those warranties are not inexpensive anymore. I mean, a four or five thousand dollar warranty is is today is pretty average. So when you amortize it over the next 
five, six, seven years, I mean, it, it is going to cost you $40, $50 a month to keep your vehicle insured. But, you know, those warranties will last you significantly longer. So I don't know if I would be looking for a deal when it comes to a warranty, man. I, I don't think that's a good idea because just like tattoos, you can always find somebody that will do it for less. <laughs> but that thing is uh, right, you right. need to look at it every day. So uh, my suggestion to you is don't look at price. Look at value instead and, uh, you know, and stick with the manufacturer warranty. So if you buy a Toyota, get yourself a Toyota warranty. If you buy a Nissan, get yourself a Nissan warranty and so on and so on and so on. What do you drive? Mm-hmm. Uh, I drive an X1. It's a 2019 X1. Uh, 2019 X1. Uh, so, so you are almost out of warranty right now. Uh, yeah, it's coming due in about a month. Do you own the vehicle or do you lease the vehicle? I'm financing. You're financing it. So your finance is going to carry you on for another two or three years, correct? Uh, one year. One, one year. One more year? Well, look, man, two yeah. things that I can tell you is that you should never have a car payment and not have a warranty on it. <laughs> never. That's a, that's a big right. no-no in my world. And also, how many kilometers do you have on that car? Uh, 80,000. Okay, that vehicle is virtually new. I would go back to your local BMW dealership or wherever you service and ask the guy to give, you know, to give you a price on a used vehicle extended warranty. Buy yourself a warranty for another three or four years because that car is going to last you that long and uh, you shouldn't be replacing that car. You don't drive enough. Right, so I'm going to buy an extended warranty, is what it's called. And yeah, you should, you should. I, you know, if you were my brother or related to me somehow, that would be my advice. So, you know, go ahead and do it, man. Just tell him that I sent you. Okay. Okay. Thanks, brother. I will. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Greg. Bye, bye. You see, the, the fact that we are steering up the the actual thinking about it, you know, especially yeah. when it comes to insurance, is something that we try to do on the show here. How much is enough? And I think that a lot of people get afraid of how much their life insurance or the uh, the this disability insurance is going to cost them. Yeah. Until they find out that they're not that expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes, that's exactly the case. And obviously, the younger you attack that issue, the better. Yeah. Especially when it comes to things like disability, it's really cheap the younger you are. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, life insurance in general is far less expensive than people think it is. And it's difficult to find someone who is overinsured. Insurance companies, actually, I mean, back in the day, you know, you go back 30, 40 years ago, insurance companies would sell you whatever you want. But nowadays... They they will determine if you're overinsured before they even put the product in place. Really? They look for justification of the amount of insurance that you apply for. So they're trying to make sure that the amount of insurance meets the needs. Um, so. I am, um, you know, I, I think that it makes sense. But what would be the uh, interest of a financial institution to get you to downgrade your insurance? Well, a couple of things. And first of all, you don't want to be overcharging your uh, your client for, for the coverage and, and making sure it's a suitable amount. But obviously, they don't want to create an economic incentive for people to make claims. So, I mean, from a life insurance perspective, hopefully you're not in a state of mind where you say, hey, I can really cash in by dying. Um, but there are people who do find themselves in that circumstance. And, and so there can be a illegitimate reason. Intentionality, to, yeah. Yeah, to overinsure. Uh, especially when it comes to areas like disability, you're limited as to how much you can have relative to your income uh-huh. because they don't want it to be profitable for you to go off work and find reasons to to call yourself disabled. So they do limit the amount of coverage you can get. 
And, and that requires the, the conversation with an expert. And uh, so, if, folks, if you're looking for insurance and you need some help on this, you know, just f- call Money Mike. Uh, call him after the show, 905-320-6762, or you send him an email at uh, moneymike.ca. Now, you know, switching topics a little bit, yeah. The um, it seems like the Canadian government is just – I don't know if they're wanting to keep the inf- uh, inflation the way that it is, or <laughs> uh, I, I don't really understand the logic behind increasing interest rates again. Uh, I don't get it. But um, uh, within my circle, there there are many people that are looking at purchasing homes and looking for mortgages and whatnot. Right. Right. And there is such a confusion on this. Like historically, I always went with variable interest rate. That's what I've always done. Right. And this last one, this last property that I that I invested in, is the first time in my entire adult life in which I went with a fixed mortgage for two years just to see what was happening. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, should we? So you get in a one year fix? Do you get in a three year fix? Four year fix? What What are we talking about here? What do you think that is the right thing to do if you're looking at buying a home right now? And also, do you guys provide mortgages as well? Yep. Yep. We do. Yeah. So you you provide a full, you know, suite of financial services. The only financial products we don't provide are general insurance. Don't do home and auto. Everything else, everything else that touches your your money from a financial perspective, we we offer an, under one umbrella. Interesting. Yeah. So Interesting. you know, what should somebody do? Well, <clears throat> this is a challenging environment to make the right decision. Yeah. Um, I mean, in general, I'd love to say people should get into an interest rate they can afford. Okay. And so if a five-year fixed rate, you look at it and say, I can afford those payments. And by locking in for five years, I have the peace of mind of knowing I'm going to be able to afford them going forward, then then power to you. Obviously, going back more than 12 to 16 months ago, anyone who got a fixed rate mortgage is laughing right now. They're, they're singing the, the praises of the bank because their payments are dramatically lower than if they had gone variable. Hmm. And with rates, what I believe would have to be near the highs of what we expect them to be, if if there's hardly any difference between a fixed and a variable, you know, going variable is probably going to make a degree of sense right now. Yeah. Unfortunately, the variable rules have changed. You know, we've been through 20. What do you, what do you mean? Well, we at least the last 20 years. Yeah. Variable rate mortgages have always been prime minus something. Yeah. Prime minus a half a percent. Prime minus one percent. Mm-hmm. Today, variable rate new variable rate mortgages are prime plus a half. What is prime right now? Right now it's six point nine five. Jesus! Did it, did it just go up? No, it just went up in July. So I think it's seven point two. No, sorry, guys. I had nothing to do with you. (laughs) I was just talking about interest rates. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, So the the interest rate happened, interest rate increase that just happened last week, it actually brought it up to 7.2. It was 6.95, the increase in June. So, yeah, 7.2% is prime. So, you know, typically people who are used to prime minus one, which it was during all the the, the heyday of low interest rates, you'd be talking about a 6.2% interest rate today. But it's actually prime plus a half. So you're looking at 7.7. You know, I remember when I got myself into a variable at 1.7% interest rate. Yeah. Remember those days? Yeah, those were those those I, I had a I had a good friend of mine that had yeah. a variable at 0.99%. What? For how long? 
almost wrote out the full five years oh, at 0.99. That was during the financial crisis, 2008, and, and slightly thereafter. Incredible. I mean, they're, they're almost paying you to take money off your hands. Those are what we will look back on as the good old days of interest rates. But, you know, I, I spoke to a broker recently who mentioned that he had had a client at the beginning of this, sorry, beginning of 2022, mm-hmm. who had a choice between a variable rate at 1.8 or a fixed, excuse me, one, 1.2 or a fixed five-year fixed at 1.8. Wow. And they went with the variable because they said, I can't afford it at 1.8. <laughs> oh, my God. And here they are two years later, and their rate is north of 6%. That's insane. So, so uh, you know, there is a lot of conversation about when interest rates will be going down. And should I go fixed or variable right now? Because if rates are going to start going down in, in 2024, yeah. then I want to benefit from that. It's all speculation right now. We just went through two increases that no one expected to happen. So if a fixed rate mortgage gives you the peace of mind that you can afford it, I'm not going to talk you out of it. I would probably aim for more of a two or three year rate. If, if available, but a lot of banks aren't offering three-year rates. They're offering one, two, and four-year. Yeah. And five-year. Yeah, yeah. So if they're not offering the three years, because it's probably in your best interest to take it. So that that's the challenge of, of people right now. Is Why do you think that, that if – you know, this is the part that is – that makes – the population's cynical towards financial institutions. Why do they don't they offer something that would benefit you? Because there's an opportunity for it to benefit them more. Well, and that's precisely it. I mean, at the end of it all, they make money no matter what. Yeah. It's how much they want to make off of you. Yeah. yeah. And and it can also be a, a matter of time and cash flows as well. So, I mean, they have an idea of their, their book of mortgage business and when those monies will be maturing and be available to be lent out again. So, maybe there just isn't a lot of money that they want coming due in three years. So they're mm-hmm. trying to get everybody into the other terms. I mean, I'm, I'm not in the inner workings of their mind. Okay, but. so let's uh, let's go the average Canadian household um, buying an average price home. What would they be doing if that was you right now? I, we know you're not, but you know, if that were you right now, would you go with a one-year fix, two-year fix, three, uh, you know, five-year fix? What would you do? I would go with rent. That's what I would go with. See? Silence. Yeah. Mic drop. If, I, if you're looking to buy a house today, I would rent. Really? Eh? Yeah. Let somebody else buy that house. Yeah, but I mean, the isn't the rent representative of the mortgage market? Rents are tremendously higher than they were two years ago. Still nowhere near what it would take you to buy it. Really? Eh? Buy a million dollar house, it's going to cost you north of $6,000 a month in a mortgage payment. Those houses don't rent for six thousand a month. You see, this is the reason why Money Mike belongs in this show, because there are many of you that are not you don't look at life that way. We we think with our heart, and that's the problem. Whenever emotions get involved, logic is the first victim. And that is an adage that I stick by on everything. Emotions get involved, logic dies. Especially when it comes to money handling. 
that makes so much sense. But the number of people that would never consider that because it's a pride, you know, I own my home. Meanwhile, you're paying two, three, four thousand dollars a month more than you than you should. Yeah. Simply because you want to tell your friends that you don't rent. Yeah. Renting makes a world of sense in a lot of a lot of cases. The problem is if I can rent the house for thirty three hundred or I can buy the house and my mortgage is sixty five hundred, mm-hmm. it's it's a thirty three hundred dollar a month difference. People then go and enjoy the thirty three hundred dollars a month. Yeah, they do. Go on more vacations. And if that's what you're gonna do, then buy the house. Saddle yourself with the higher payment. If you're gonna be there for fifteen years, you're gonna do fine in the end. Uh, but if you're going to, that's it, totally me. But if you keep your your payments lower <laughs> and build wealth with the other with the money that you're saving, then in in this particular environment, that's what I would advise. Wow, that is a that is a mind blowing moment here in the Carrasco show. And if you slackers are not paying attention to this, you probably should. If you have something to say or a question or anything to add, two eight nine two seven five ninety six hundred is the phone number. This is Money Mike with me here in the show, my personal financial advisor, my personal shamer. <laughs> The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. There is where I shame you when it when it comes to your car buying habits. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. I got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh yeah. I get my weed from California. That's that. I took my chick up to the north. Yeah. I get my light right from the source. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And I see you. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. My dad told me Saturday mornings used to be for watching cartoons, and now we have to listen to this guy? My name's Lily, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show! And we're back. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest radio show on weekends. Money Mike is in the house. We have a phone call here. Uh, who do we have on the line, Lex? And we have Justin on the line. Justin, uh, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can we make Justin's life better this morning? Hey, Greg, how are you? Good, man. What's happening? Um, are you still on with Money Mike? I wasn't sure if he was there. Yeah, he's still I, he, he's still here, uh, man. He's still okay. here. I is here. I just wanted to get... Uh, okay, perfect. I just had uh, two quick things. Um, I wanted to ask both your perspectives on... Um, I saw a report over the week. Never got to actually read it because uh, I couldn't find it again on Instagram. <laughs> Excuse me. But I saw a report that said you had to make around $40 an hour 
just to be able to afford to live in Toronto. Uh, wanted to get your perspective on that. Sure. And uh, number two, I just wanted to say, you got to change that weight music because I feel like I was watching an Alfred Hitchcock movie, but it's all right. <laughs> it's worth the wait. <laughs> is, that, is that better? <laughs> and then I'll, uh, should I hang up and then just listen to your answer or how does that work? Oh, uh, no, either no. way you want to. You want to engage with it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. stay here yeah. on air with yeah, us. So engage, sure. What are your thoughts on that? In, in Toronto, I would probably say that's fairly accurate. $40 an hour puts you at about an $80,000 a year wage to afford. That, that's sort of the, the cost to live, not an ability to save and build wealth. That's to afford housing and transportation and food and and. And some of the the necessities and maybe a little bit more, I'm sure that number is quite accurate. It's pretty tough to live in in Toronto oh, yeah. at, at, as an individual with eighty thousand a year. I, it's it's hard to make just those in the GTA meet. alone. I'm in I'm in Vaughan, and it's just it's crazy. Like we, I'm still renting. I actually am looking to buy, but like you said, one day when I have some actual money, I'll come see you, Mike. You can do something <laughs> with you, it. You, you know, Justin, uh, $40 an hour is not a lot of money. It's not a lot of money when you, when you, no, really, when you really break it down and you think of it, especially here in Canada, because it's, that's before taxes. Yeah. You know, once the, uh, once your, you know, your favorite dictator there, Justin, you know, stick his hand in your pocket, you're going to be left with a significantly <laughs> less amount of money. And, you know, how old are you, Justin? I am 37, just turned 37 last week. What do you do for a living, if you don't mind me asking? Um, well, I actually called you before yeah. uh, because I uh, wanted your advice a little bit. I, expect, I respect your opinion. Thank you. Quite a, quite a bit. If somebody and, does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got it, right? Yeah. It's the biggest show on weekends, right? <laughs> That's right. But anyways, um, <laughs> I, um, I, I won't say the company I work for, but I called you during the pandemic and you uh, advised me to sue because I was one of the few people who got fired for yeah. not partaking in the vaccination. I have since been reinstated, um, but there is no course of back pay. I am a unionized employee, so it's been a bit hectic in a very slow process, but I'm sorry, dude. Hopefully there's some kind of compensation for that. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was pretty tough. We had that. Uh, we had a child on the way when they did it mm. over a year now yeah. and it just it made it even tougher for us to get through right so yeah that's, uh, that's tough listening, and I love when Money Mike calls because he gives some good perspective and hopefully I can use what little I'm able to scratch up to so hopefully invest or something you know? so I want you to hear me out Justin okay and uh, I really appreciate you being this raw honest with us here right now because we need more of that that's all and, I do man I, this, I always speak the truth this is what I can tell you my brother, you need to start a side hassle. You you need you need to set yourself up and find something in your mind that you are really good at that you can monetize. Okay. Because you know this trap of the nine to five is is there just to keep you a prisoner of the system. No, you yeah, know no, they I, don't. And you I know, agree with that. You need to find something that is going to free you from the shackles of the system. And until you do 
that. No, honestly, man, until you do that, you are you're gonna be a victim of whatever company you'll be working with. And and that is an unfortunate thing. But if you are not dedicating every single ounce of your energy and your thoughts into freeing yourself from that, you know, if you're you know, spending your weekends golfing and uh, with your buddies and uh, you know, just living your life because you think that you have time, you don't. You don't. And and that's one of the biggest things that it is <laughs> one of the biggest things that I need to communicate to everyone today. You don't have time. Do it now. But anyway, no, thank you. Thank, yeah, it's true. Like, and it, yeah, sorry, Justin. You know, thank you so much for calling the show, man. I just need to rub up here with Money Mike. But stay listening, brother. Thank you so much. And keep right. the course. Thanks, man. Bye. You know, that sort of raw honesty is, uh, is, is fascinating to me because, uh, you know, if you are not absolutely obsessed, and I'm talking, I mean, obsession, that you can't sleep because you have to think so much about your success. Yeah. Nobody else cares. Nobody cares. And if your retirement plan is one of your parents dying, dude, man, you, you, you're, you're a failure. You're failing a life. So, you know, guys like this that are out there just thinking, like thinking, okay, what can I do? Eventually, just like when you ride a motorcycle, you go where you look. If you're looking yeah. for opportunities, guess what's going to happen? Opportunities will come. Yeah. 100%. You know, I, um, I think that you and I need to do a show one of these days that has to do with something that we were talking about earlier that The Rock said, you know, one day or day one about taking action. It seems like in in today's environment, there's a lot of people that are waiting for a better time to do something. And uh, whether it's it start to save money, to invest money, to change their financial advisor, to start a new business, to change jobs, to leave their wives or husband or get themselves into a better position. It seems like a lot of people wait. And, you know, I can tell you this, that, that whole system of, uh, you know, make the, you know, strike while the iron is hot. I disagree with it so um, deeply because I look at it the other way. Make the iron hot by striking it. Just keep on trying and trying and trying. And one day, guess what? It'll be hot enough that you can mold it into whatever the hell you want to mold it into. And I think that we need to give some advice to young men, Mike. We, I see young men all over the place just completely squandering the one thing they have that you guys like you and I don't. What is that? Time. Exactly. I, you know, I, I sit down with newer couples. I mean, I'm at the stage where I don't need to take on new clients. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're having the unique challenge in, in my practice of trying to decide how small can we stay? Because the more we take on, the more the workload goes up and the question becomes for what? So if somebody new is approaching me today mm -hmm. to become a client and we, we have to have minimum requirements now we've never had them before until the last few years uh, just because we don't want to be busier we don't need to be busier we want to service who we're working with yeah but if somebody new comes to me today and they're talking about their goals and what it is they want me to help them work toward i have to ask them the question is this what you want or is this non-negotiable because if it's you what you want there's going to be plenty of reasons why you're not going to work toward it. 
Mm-hmm. It will be the one day rather than day one. Yeah. It'll be people saying, this is what I want as long as I don't have to change. I'm not on the path where I need to be, which is why I'm coming to you. But what you need to tell me is what I'm doing is enough because I want to keep living the way I live. You know, financial advisor, please work your magic. What I'm looking for is people who are saying, this is where my family is headed and this is where we need your help to get to. And it's a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable destination. Tell me what Mm. I need to do to get there. Because if it's, oh, it would be nice if I could, you're never going to do it. And I'm wasting your time. Mm-hmm. And what I can't have is is clients in my client base who don't achieve those goals and will someday look at me as being the fault. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to, to, to work your magic. You know the markets. You have an inside track. You were supposed to be able to take all the ingredients that I'm giving and turn them into so much more than I could do on my own. And, you know, I, I can't... I can't get you where you want to be if all you want to do is what you've always done. You know that whole saying, if yeah. you always do what you've always done, then you always get what you've always got. Mm-hmm. I'm, I want people who are coming to me to say either I want to get somewhere further or there are some people who come to me who are phenomenally successful. Yeah. And they're saying, help me keep it. Help mm. me help me preserve it. Help me to protect it. Help me to reduce my taxes. Help me to make sure that as much of this is going to go to the next generation as possible, that I'm going to live the lifestyle that I want to live, that I can help with. But the people that come to me that aren't on track to their goals, who aren't willing to do what's necessary to get there, then they're really not their goals. So come back to me when you know what your goals are. You know, here's a question for you, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. You know, when people start saving in their 40s and 50s, what is the number one thing or or is a common thing that people tell you about saving? About saving? Yeah. I mean, if they're coming to me in their 40s and 50s, the, the bigger concern is whether or not they have enough time. So they wish they would have done it what? Oh, it's always I wish I met you 20 years ago. You know, and, and, and that I, – sorry, I, I sort yeah. of coached into that answer because I knew what it was. Yeah. And uh, I, I see that repeat itself – so many times that it becomes a pattern. And, you know, in the words of Miyamoto Musashi, he said, once you understand the way broadly, you see it in everything. And I can tell you that, for example, with jujitsu, yeah, every single new student that I get that is like me says, I wish I would have started this earlier. Yeah. I wish I would have started this earlier. I wish I would have started therapy earlier. I wish I would have started to work on this earlier. I wish I would have quit my job early. I wish I would have started saving earlier. So why do, why do we have this proclivity to wait? So many of you are listening to me this morning knowing there is, this is, it's like a splinter in your mind and you know that you need to do something. Why do you wait? We need to have this show, Mike. We need to talk to young men because I do believe that we can make a difference. And, uh, you know, you I'll tell you what, I'm willing, I'm willing to do that show. Yeah. I'm willing to do that show. One condition. Yes. We, we let the women come and join it. Sure. Okay. Young men and women out there will have that show. We'll have that conversation. What do they need to do to get where they need to be? That is Money Mike, everybody. 
Thank you for being on the show, man. I, I'll, I'll give all your coordinates again uh, on the other side of the break. But uh, we need to take a short break, folks. We have a special guest on the other side of the hour. We're going to be talking cars, where you need to put your money. Uh, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is Vito Belfer, and you are listening to one of the toughest guys on air, Greg Carrasco Show, man. Congratulations on your show. I wish you all the best. Toronto, stay safe out there. God bless you, man. This is Vito Belfer, the Fina, ready to strike. Let's go. It is time for Greg Carrasco. Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dowstock. Movie talk on the boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Greg Carrasco. We're back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Great Carrasco Show. We're Canada's largest radio show on weekends. We used to be Canada's largest automotive radio show, but uh, cars can be boring sometimes, especially when all you talk about is cars. But we got to do it. You know, if uh, I've always said this on the show that. Um, I'm not a mechanic. I'm not. I don't have a single mechanically inclined bone in my body. So if we became the largest automotive radio show in the country it was simply because the the philosophy of buying a car, selling a car, leasing a car, it was a, it was based on advice that I would give my mom if she was asking me something about acquiring a vehicle or disposing of one. But from time to time we get actual experts in cars. And uh with me on air I have Mr. Graham Fletcher. Graham, thank you so much for joining the Carrasco show this morning. How are you? Very good, thank you, Greg. You know, you uh, you're a writer for Driving.ca. I understand that you have been a mechanic for a very, very, very long time, and uh, uh, you've also been a crash test dummy. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Uh, I did a TV show on TSN as well, uh, but my formative years were as a mechanic, indeed, back in Britain. Then I moved here. How long have you been in Canada now? Oh, gosh, a long time. Close to 40 years. Oh, just, you know, almost like me. I, yeah, I moved here in 1989. Uh, we're, getting, we're getting up there. We're almost Canadian, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I spent more of my life here than I did there. <laughs> yeah, Which that's is uh, it's, it's the same thing here. But uh, you know. Uh, as a as a student of my industry, I I have seen the evolution of of the vehicle itself, and uh, I wanna I wanna hear a few of your thoughts on on certain things. Uh, you know, for example, um, what are your thoughts on electric vehicles and the future of the electric um, proliferation here in Canada? Because the public is not accepting it. I, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, and uh, I want to know from you know from a mechanical standpoint, uh, this must be terrifying. Simply because uh, I'll give you a couple of examples, Graham. Um, the impact that having electric vehicles will have on the service department of every single dealership across the country is going to be devastating. Devastating. A lot of people don't think about that because many people don't care about mechanics, which is unfortunate because these people are the ones that keep your vehicles on the road. But what are your thoughts on this? Well, like it or not, we are going to go electric. And I mean, most of it's being pushed uh, from a governmental uh, level. But, you know, about two years ago, I would have agreed with all of your sentiments and said, you know, this is just uh, hopefully a flash in the pan. Uh, the range just isn't there. So there's terrible range anxiety. What do you do if you've got to go to Ottawa for a business meeting? You know, you can't get there on one charge and take, you know, charge takes so long. But honestly, fast forward to today, and I think the modern electric vehicle uh, has been kicked up such a to such a great extent that... You know, nowadays, 400 kilometers is the expected norm from an electric vehicle. Some are around 385, some are around 450, but generally speaking, 400 is the new benchmark. And as we go forward, there's going to be more and more. You know, for instance, I know it's a very expensive car, but the Lucid Air is just over 800 kilometers of driving range. And so range anxiety is a thing of the past. How long of a charging time does it have? I mean, how long do you need to be plugged to a wall in order for you to charge up enough to have 800 kilometers? Um, If you use a level two outlet, which is the type you'd have at home, uh, a long time, uh, at least overnight. However, if you go to a DC fast charger, and especially uh, the newer fast chargers where they're getting up to as much as 350 kilowatts of charging power. Many of them right now are still the old 50 kilowatt, but even that, you get a a good level of charge into it quite quickly. You know, you, you park up where there's a fast charger, go and have a cup of coffee and wander around the store and come back and you've got enough to carry on. Mm-hmm. It works. You know, and the other thing from the dealership thing, I understand because there's obviously... Um, some huge safety uh, elements that have to be taken into account for the mechanics that are actually going to be playing around with the battery and unplugging oh. it and taking it out and replacing it and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, it, speaking, it, sorry, sorry to interrupt you for, on that one, Graham. I, I, that's another thing that many people don't think about this. Uh, the wrong touch of the wrong part at the wrong moment can actually kill somebody in the shop. Do we agree on this? Yes. And uh, the, the the safety I mean, precautions that we need to take at a dealership level is something that we have never seen before. 
Yes, I agree with you. But, you know, in many respects, um, they're managing to produce these things uh, on an assembly line at basically the same rate that they're producing gasoline-powered cars. Um, The guys that work on the line, they're also at risk, but they've managed to minimize the risk to the point where it's it's slim. You know, uh, I... I must admit, I'm glad I'm not a mechanic working underneath an electric car. But having said that, you know, I think that moving forward, it's like everything. It becomes second nature and the safety required to uh, disconnect and remove a battery will become second nature, the same as it is for many other functions that you do in a garage. Mm. That's you know that's it's, it's interesting. I, I I still don't see it. I want to see it. I understand the efficiencies. Uh, I struggle justifying the ecological impact on this. I, I there are so many different opinions on this on each side. It's, it's difficult to soar through the mud and and get to see who is really giving you some facts in relation to what the actual uh, ecological cost is in relation to a, a, an ICE vehicle. Uh, and uh, at one point, I, I will make up my mind in relation to this, but right now, I still don't see it. I, I still think that hybrid is probably a more viable option right now. Um, and uh, having having extensive conversations, Graham, with uh, presidents of OEMs over the last few years, many of them don't want this. They, they're just being forced to by the government. And you and I both know that whenever the government gets involved, they will ruin it. Uh, so you need to question, <laughs> you, you, you always need to question, you know, where is the money going? But uh, I do have another question for you. Um, I, when I started selling cars back in the year 1992, you know, you were also a young buck, I, I imagine, at the time. And uh, it, it was during the heyday of the sedan, uh, the Nissan Stanza, the Nissan Maxima. The, the Stanza was replaced by the Altima, but uh, the Toyota Camry, the Honda Accord, the Chronos 626, the 926, the Avalon, all these vehicles were the car to buy. Uh, the, the Honda Accord and the Toyota Camry were chosen the cars of the year for many, many years. And then you had the four Taurus that came out and just broke all the records. Then the, the, you had the Chrysler Intrepid that came out. You remember all these vehicles, right? This was in the heyday of this of the sedans. Sedans are virtually yeah. un, unsellable these days. What happened to the sedan? Uh, you know what? I... I don't know. What I do know is that uh, crossovers have taken over massively. Um, the top 10 sellers from 2022, um, just about all of them were crossovers of one strip, one stripe or another. Obviously, you've got the F-150 and the truck in there. Yeah. But generally speaking, everything else on the list was a crossover. I mean, I was just recently driving the uh, revamped Volkswagen Atlas. Okay. And this thing... <clears throat> If you go back 13 years ago, uh, Volkswagen had the Tiguan yep. and the Touareg. That's it. And that was it. And they, they represented about 15% of their sales. And even then, the Touareg was too expensive and the uh, Tiguan was too small. You fast forward to 2022 and 82% of their sales were crossovers. That's insane. That represents... 
82% of their portfolio, let me, let me rephrase that, 82% of their portfolio uh, are now crossovers. You know, everything from the Taos right the way through to the Atlas and the Atlas crosswalk. So the transition from sedans and into crossovers has been monumental. And some, you know, some totally misjudged the boat. Um, when Genesis launched, they, they, they caused quite a stir with the quality of the car and the pricing and all the rest of it. But the one thing they didn't have was a crossover and crossovers were hot and they completely misread the market. So, and the irony is, you know, I mean, if you go down into the US, they'll buy crossovers every single day of the week, but no hatchbacks. Up in Canada, we still enjoy the hatchback, but generally speaking, it's crossovers that absolutely rule the market right now. Yeah, they are ruling the market. I mean, uh, as you probably know, I, I am uh, I run a Nissan and an Infinity store, and in, in the Nissan side, whether it's a Kicks. Um, a Qashqai, a Rogue, a Murano, a Pathfinder, <laughs> or an Armada, uh, you know, this is mostly all we sell. The only sedan that we seem to be selling these days is the little Sentra. And the Sentra has been competing with the Honda Civic and the Toyota Corolla and the Hyundai Elantra for very, very many years. But, I mean, the Honda Civic dominated car sales in Canada for a long time. I don't think they do anymore. Do you know much about that? I'm sorry, run that by me again. That, uh, you know, for a very long time, the Honda Civic uh, was one of the, if not the best-selling vehicle in Canada. Uh, it has been at the top of the of the food chain when it comes to car sales in Canada. But I don't think that the uh, that is the case anymore, is it? Uh, no, I don't believe so. I mean, at least right now, the Ford F-150 has been the best-selling car in Canada for something like 50 consecutive years uh, if you take that out of the equation then um, you do get the Civic is still very popular but uh, compared to the HRV and CRV its sales are not there you know, I what yeah. I what I want to explore with you. Uh, we're going to take a very short break, uh, Graham. And uh, what I want to explore on the other side here is this article that you wrote in relation to uh, affordable SUVs and crossovers that uh, that I read. And uh, I, I want you to give um, Slacker Nation here the your opinion on what are some of the best. Um, Small crossovers and small SUVs, uh, that, the, the most affordable ones. And in your opinion, which one is the one that people should get? And, and you know, this is one of the reasons why people listen to the show, Graham, because everybody knows that I sell Nissans and Infinity, but that doesn't mean that there is a, an, a, an incredible array of phenomenal, phenomenal vehicles out there. And, uh, we try to keep it honest that way. So stay with me. Uh, folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco show. I have Graham here from uh, driving.ca that is going to be talking to us about about, you know, small SUVs and uh, crossovers that you should be looking at uh, in the purchase of your next vehicle. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We will be right back after the show. My name is Sean Avery. I love getting under people's skin, but not as much as this guy. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hi, everybody. This is Haley Wickenheiser, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show.
listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here. Uh, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. You know, this is one of the... Uh, can you hear me, Jacob, there? You know, this is one of the uh, the problems with suffering with uh, ADD. I, I have terrible ADD, right? So I'm signing off on, on before the break, and... Uh, I'm I'm trying to tell the people who I have on the show, uh, Graham Fletcher, and I couldn't remember his last name. So I said Graham from Driving.ca, and as I'm saying this, I'm what's coming out of my mouth is something completely different. It's like what is happening here? <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's fascinating to uh, you know to to live inside the mind of uh, somebody with ADD. But Graham, you wrote an article here that says that uh, best in class and six affordable reliable all-wheel drive cars and SUVs. What um, what were some of your general impressions that you got when, as you were writing this article here on driving.ca? Um, the thrust of it initially was to look at some of the most affordable cars with all-wheel drive, and that aspect is becoming increasingly more popular. You know, I mean, if you look at uh, supercars like the M3 and any of the AMG, yeah. They've transitioned from being rear drive into being all-wheel drive. So we decided to have a look at the market, and we went through. And I will I will say one thing. Uh, the one that impressed me that wasn't all-wheel drive but really did impress me is the Kicks. For okay. about 25 grand, you get a really nice piece of equipment. I really did like it. Um, some of the ones we looked at were the Impreza. Uh, it has a fabulous all-wheel drive system because of the – uh, flat four boxer engine, the entire drivetrain sits on the center line of the car, which eliminates a lot of the vices like steering pull and all the rest of it. So really love the Impreza. Uh, the Corolla. So you were impressed the by the Impreza? Uh, yes, indeed. Um, it, it, it drives nicely. The all-wheel drive system really does uh, kick it up a notch compared to many of the others that it's competing against, you know. The Corolla was in there. Um, it's tough to ignore the elephant in the room. Um, it's been a perennial favorite. And, of course, now they've built on that with the uh, Corolla Cross. The Cross one, yeah. Now, the Corolla is the, the, the Corolla is a is a sedan. It is a hybrid, and so it uses an electric motor to complete the four-wheel drive picture. When you get to the Corolla Cross, it has a more traditional uh, all-wheel drive system where there is a mechanical connection between the engine and the rear wheels. I see. Um, we also looked at the uh, G70. Uh, it has a really good um, all-wheel drive system. Of course, the Kia Telluride. And the interesting part is that uh, the system in the in many of the Kias and Hyundais was actually uh, developed by Magna. So it has a Canadian connection. Yeah, it does. And then, of course, the new the new Lexus. The new RX. Um, previous generations have been uh, a yawner to drive. They're exceptionally good at what they do, but they were just boring. The new, the new models, they've managed to instill some driving fun without losing the core uh, Lexus theme, which is quality and quietness. So it was a very interesting exercise. And what I liked about it was that, um, you know, if you go back... 10, 15 years, all-wheel drive vehicles were considerably thirstier on gasoline yeah. than just the front or rear-wheel drive model. With advances in technology, the improvement in engines and all the rest of it, there's not a great deal 
uh, difference in the overall fuel consumption or the average fuel consumption, but you enjoy the benefits of driving all four wheels uh, when the old man winter takes a solid bite. Well, so I, just, I thought it was interesting. The uh, I guess the question that I have for you is that, you know, what parameters do you use for affordability? Because, uh, you know, the RX is is hardly considered affordable. Are you are you talking about as it pertains to the competitors within the segment and the same thing with the G70? No, no. no. Uh, when I say affordable, we basically started uh, at the sort of the subcompact, compact end of the market and moved up through the various different price ranges, you know. Oh, I and see what you're saying, yeah. The is around 70,000. The RX is about that or more, depending which model. Mm -hmm. uh, the Telluride is in the mid-50s. And then, of course, like the Corolla Cross and the Corolla are in around 30-ish to get a nicely loaded one. Uh, the, the Impreza is around about 30,000. And as I say, the one that... Um, I would have liked to have seen in, but didn't get in. Was the kicks? Well, that's for twenty five thousand dollars. You get a very nice piece of equipment. They do, and uh, you know, one of the biggest complaints that we have received, although you know, uh, I mean, it is what it is, uh, was that it lacked the all wheel drive. But the new kicks uh, that is coming down the pipeline over the next year or so is is going to be slightly, slightly bigger than that, and it will have an all wheel drive system that people have been asking for all day long. But you know, uh, I guess ultimately it comes down to this. The, of all those vehicles that you drove, which one is the one that you would buy? Now, you addressed something that I was going to comment on the RX because n it, the quality of the Lexus lineup is undeniable. You cannot, you cannot deny how unbelievably reliable and good those vehicles are. But uh, let's face it. I mean, from a sex appeal standpoint uh, or from a excitement of driving, they were the uh, automobile, you know, of the car equivalent of a, of a fridge. Um, because there, there were just appliances. There was n absolutely no soul or excitement inside this, the, the, the Lexus, li Lexus lineup. Um, now, you, you've addressed that. Uh, you drove it. Do you think that th th what they've done with the new RX is going to change a bit of that perception? Because they were boring, man. I, I, I drove many of them, and they were boring. Have they solved that problem? I, I, I totally agree with you. They were boring. Um, the new... The new breed, um, I actually think they're quite dynamic in many respects, especially uh, the RX500H. Now, it is, uh, if you load it up, it's about an 80, almost a $90,000 vehicle. Mm -hmm. But having said that, if you're into a luxury vehicle, this thing, it is, it is a true Lexus in as much as it's comfortable and it's quiet and all the rest of it. But it's also now got some sportiness beneath that sheet metal. Um, 367 horsepower, I think it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so it scoots along very nicely. Uh, and with the adaptive suspension and all the rest that they built into it, it handles very nicely. So I do think they've managed to put some excitement into the brand. Um, is it like a BMW? No. Not really, but... <laughs>
getting there. <laughs> well, I don't know if they ever want to get there because, uh, you know, uh, my personality changes whenever I drive a BMW, whether I like it or not. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I think that that's, uh, that that's intentional. I think the BMW turns us into a, the, the, the evil version of ourselves whenever we get into that car. Either that or we keep chasing that throttle sound in the back because every time I drive a, a, a Mercedes AMG, for example, it is – the, the the sound of the throttle is so intoxicating that you chase it, so you keep on, you keep yeah. on that power bend just to hear that thing bark in the background, and often uh, that causes a lot of problems. Now, a question for you: um, You're a car guy. Yeah. You've been you, you you're a mechanic by trade. If you had to buy one car. You know, that it would be the perfect car for you that does everything. Now, excluding Lamborghinis and Ferraris and those guys, or McLarens, for obvious reasons. I mean, you can't drive those vehicles in the winter here in Canada. Which car would be the car that you buy? Because I, I pick one. And uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the opportunity to, uh, to tell me what your favorite car is. Um. Favorite car and what I would buy are two totally different things. Um, I just recently drove the uh, BMW M3 CX. Whew. It is a ball of fire, absolutely fabulous. But it's also one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's it. M3 is outrageous. <laughs> you know. Having said that, the pragmatic side of me, I I really like what Toyota's done with the Corolla Cross. I think it does it. It's got the high seating position people favor so much. It's got a decent all-wheel drive system. It's quite peppy. It's good on gas. Um, it's not perhaps the prettiest looking vehicle on the road, but it's certainly not ugly by any stretch. So I think I'd lean somewhere towards that. Um, I mean, I also like uh, the Kia Sportage, um, especially the new, uh, the availability of a plug-in hybrid which because it gives you the 60 or over 50 kilometers of electric only driving qualifies for the full $5,000 from the federal government. Hmm. So something like that, you know, the, the, the hybrid, the plug-in hybrid is much more expensive than the regular uh, gas powered model, but you do get 5,000 towards the uh, cost of entry, which I think is a huge plus. Wow. The other one, ironically, that I really did enjoy driving, and I know this wasn't sit well with you, but I love the uh, the Aria. Uh, you know, I actually, you know, I, I, no, 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 I, I think that you know, I need to clarify. I, I don't deny how cool those cars are. I don't, I don't deny it. I mean, the Aria, you got to remember, a lot of people don't know this, and I was discussing this last week. Nissan was the first car manufacturer on the planet that created the first mass scale electric vehicle, the Leaf, period. You know, it was the first one. Yeah. So, but the, a lot of things have happened since that vehicle came out. And, uh, uh, you know, the Leaf, although has gotten significantly better, uh, you know, it lacked that, uh, you know, the, the sex appeal that uh, I was talking about earlier. That Aria is a nice vehicle. <laughs> uh, I think that for the price that they're charging, it drives fantastic, uh, is well equipped, is well priced. And uh, right now you can find them, which is, which is nice. But, uh, you know, so which one you, would you actually buy? Uh, I probably 
I'd probably stay Corolla Cross. I just enjoy the way it drives. Uh, it's the right size for me. You know, it, it's it's large enough to be useful, but small enough to be city friendly. Yeah. You know, and it it a lot of that stuff uh, is is important. Uh, but uh, the the Aria, talking about the Aria, we just did another piece on uh, various different crossovers, why people are buying them, what they're looking for. And when it came to the electric crossovers, the the uh, the whole team at Driving.ca, not just me, but the whole team, uh, voted on which vehicles they'd end up buying or looking at seriously. And in the electric crossover, it was the Ionic 5 Kia EV6 Duo and the Aria were the top three. Oh wow! So you know, I, uh, maybe we uh, next time you come on the show because I would love to have you again. Uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, maybe we should talk about that in in the next next time you come. You know, I'll tell you because of you know my life and my the things that I do on a day to day basis. I have three favorite cars, and I'm always. Um, gravitating from one or the other because I work in the industry I get to change cars a little bit more often than the general person but uh, um, I believe that the uh, Infiniti QX80 uh, I don't know if you've ever driven it uh, is probably yes, is, is incredibly underrated and uh, if they did if they added a sports mode to the suspension that vehicle would be the car that I drive all the time so I I gravitate to the uh, the QX80 and believe it or not and don't hold this against me I think that the G-Wagon is a perfect car <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the opposite yeah. it's the opposite of an electric car <laughs> Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely, it is. You know, one of the things I was thinking about was uh, you mentioned you're not quite sure about the efficacy of going electric. I will give you something to think about. Yeah. Uh, a number of years back, um, I was at a symposium uh, that was hosted by Audi. Okay. And they were talking about uh, an electric future. And they came up with a very interesting statistic. If you go to Norway... Uh, if you take, you know, two similarly sized cars, right? So in your case, it would be perhaps Sentra and Leaf. Okay. In Norway, the electric car is five times cleaner than the gas-powered car. You come to Canada, and they're about even. If you go to China, the electric car is 10 times dirtier than the gasoline-powered car. And the reason all boils down to how the electricity is produced in China, it's nearly all coal. In Norway, it's nearly all hydroelectric. And in Canada, it's a balance of a bunch of different supplies. And that's why you get the difference. So the, the, the important part about any electric car and the electrification is making sure that the electricity is coming from a clean, a place. clean renewable resource. That's a very, very yeah, interesting... I thought that was an interesting fact. That's very, Sorry. very interesting, uh, Graham. And uh, look, I uh, I think that um, uh, I've enjoyed this conversation. I hope you, you have as well. And uh, uh, on behalf of the entire team here at the Carrasco Show on Saturday mornings, I want to give you an open invitation that if you ever have another article or you want to discuss something that is you feel that is important, that you can just reach out and let us know. We, uh, we are available to you. I love talking to you. I think that I've gotten a lot out of it and um, is especially the last bit of information was uh, was great uh, so Graham thank you so much for being on the Carrasco show man my pleasure my pleasure and uh, anytime you want to 
have a chat. Uh, I'm glad to do so. I really enjoyed today. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Where can people find you? Uh, driving.ca at the National Post. And um, Are you on Instagram or, uh, or Twitter or any one of those places? No, no, no. I'm too old for that. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much, Graham. And uh, that's Graham Fletcher here from driving.ca. We're going to take a short break, folks. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are going to be right back. the street it's the cars that have to look both ways <laughs> i'm chuck norris and you're listening to the greg carrasco show hi i'm hazel grace and i'm here to let you know that if you want to be my friend you gotta be choked first <laughs> otherwise there's no friendship between us and you are watching the greg carrasco show don't miss it and don't blink it everyone you're listening to the Greg Carrasco show it's amazing how quickly time has gone by again this is my favorite part of the week I'm just talking it's like my selfish therapy here on air you know who made an appearance today who uh, hold on a second I, I haven't decided yet whether um, uh, I'm gonna give him some time look at this oh there Don't, you go oh yeah. there you go yeah, maybe maybe let's not read that on air, but yeah, yeah, there you, you see go. See the next one's oh. out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. He really went for it today. Oh yeah, he did. It's amazing. <laughs> it seems Those like no no. <laughs> it seems like our uh, basement dwelling knuckle dragon mouth breeding troglodyte <laughs> made an appearance. It's been dormant. Such a good word. <laughs> Which one? Troglodyte. troglodyte. Yeah, he is nothing more. Then a silly and ignorant troglodyte. <laughs> I, uh, for those of you that don't know who uh, the basement dweller is, uh, the biggest fan of the show. Uh, for a very long time, he was taking every single show right before the show started. He would send the most <laughs> outrageous insults on an email. <laughs> it's like this has been going on for. You know, for now, it seems like it's a couple of years, but uh, uh, he disappeared for a little while. Maybe... Took um, a vacation. No, no, no. Maybe uh, he didn't pay his internet bill and, uh, you know, he got cut off or something. I don't know. You know, you never know what basement dwellers do, right? So... Um, maybe maybe Big Tech didn't like the words he was using. Maybe. So they censored him. Maybe. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't... Uh, uh, I hadn't seen him for a while. I was like, oh, I wonder if he's dead or something and maybe died I don't know when you live in your mom's basement and you eat yourself to death you know it's like ah you know it was a possibility but he wasn't 
He made an appearance today and he came back with a vengeance. Well, it's nice to know he's alive. Well, uh, is it? Is it? Is it? I don't know. Well, maybe for you. But, uh, you know, you were telling me during the break that you went to see Robert Plant? I did. A couple of weeks ago with my mom. Wow. And how was that experience? You you know what? It, it was... I was cool. I enjoyed it. But what I will say is... And I'm sure a lot of your listeners know this. He went in a completely different direction musically uh, a couple decades ago. He teamed up with uh, a woman named Alison Krauss, who's like a folk singer. And together they make a lot of kind of folk country-ish type of music. And now because he's a little bit older, his voice still sounds great, but he can't quite hit the, hit the, the same octaves he used to when he was the head man of Zeppelin. Yeah. Uh, he does a lot more of his own work and not as much Zeppelin stuff. There was maybe three Zeppelin songs the entire night. Uh, to say I got to see him was really cool and I enjoyed, you know, anytime you get to see greatness right in front of you, yeah. I think it's something you can't pass up, but it just wasn't quite the show that I was necessarily hoping for. It, it, that's an interesting observation. I... um. It's difficult uh, for artists, I guess, to not be stereotyped or cast in their own shadow uh, after they have enjoyed such, you know, success, uh, according to many, and myself included. Led Zeppelin is probably the best band of all time. And uh, um, it's difficult to come, you know, step up to that one, especially when he's 74 years old now. Well, it's like, how can you go through all the songs on Zeppelin 4 without John Paul Jones, right? Yeah. You, you can't. And yeah. he doesn't sound as good as he used to. He still sounds great, but his voice has changed. It's different. Of course. And uh, but saying that, I mean, it's still Robert Plant. Yeah. yeah and still, you, you know, you it's it's kind of this like juggling act of like, you know, as, as fans, we want to see him perform the music that we like. Yeah. But at the same time, if he doesn't want to perform it, if, like, if he doesn't want to go and perform all these songs from Zeppelin 2, Zeppelin 3, Zeppelin, like, what's the point? Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard one of his new songs, of his folk songs. Uh, they must be on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, but nobody cares. He, I think he's done pretty well. And, and like, he's still a great talent. And, and the person, Alison Krauss, that he sings with, she's amazing. Her voice is incredible. Really? Like, yeah? really, really good. I would check it out. I think it's worth your time. But I, it's, it's just totally different than any of the Zeppelin of old. I, I will check it out. But, uh, you know, the, the, the experience that you described uh, was something similar that I, uh, that I enjoyed this past auto show. Um, I went with a bunch of people from my work uh, to the VIP night, and there is always a band that plays on VIP night at the uh, General Motors um, uh, booth. So this year, uh, I got to see someone that I've been wanting to see for decades, man, uh, Burden Cummings. I wanted from the guess who, I wanted to go see him. I wanted to see him at uh, Casino Rama. He plays up there all often. And uh, um, there were some rumors that he was going to be playing there. And I thought, eh, let's go check it out. So myself and my sales manager, Sean, uh, from, uh, from Oakville Nissan, who is the guy that helps me put my music together every, every Saturday, uh, uh, Sean Ryan, uh, we we were some of the first ones there on stage, and uh, sure enough, they announced him, and uh, there he is, is less than six feet away from me, and I, I don't know how old is Burton Cummings. Let's see, let me see. He's gotta be around. He's gotta be around seventy. No, I think no, he's older. older. Yeah. Oh, let me see. 
Burton. Well, I guess they were big in the like late sixties. No, actually, it's, yeah. it's the same age. Yeah, he's seventy five. Robert Plant is seventy four, uh, and and you can tell. I mean, he is a phenomenal uh, piano player, but you can see that his fingers are not moving as yeah. fast as they once were. And uh, whenever he needed to hit those, uh, uh, you know, those super high notes that he was able to get back in the day, he he, he just wasn't there. But uh, it was one of the coolest experiences that I musically, anyways, because I I was a big fan of the Guess Who, and uh, I had to see Burton Cummings live that close. It was like, wow, that's that. This is it, man. It's impossible. You know, I don't know if it's a it's a function of age or just becoming more open to being honest with my own emotions. But uh, it, it, it's impossible to go through those experiences and, and not just cry like you know you just feel like there's an emotion that comes up when you allow yourself to be pulled into the undertow of this of of that experience and uh, i i felt so like deeply touched that i was watching this guy that i've been watching for years you well, know yeah it's because you've been invested in him for what 40 years now you've you've listened to the yeah, guest too you've yeah. been invested in, and that's i know we've talked about this on air i yeah. know you're not a sports fan but it's a similar reason for why people like sports so much is you you know i grew up toronto maple leafs and i've been rooting for the leafs since i was three four years old yeah I've invested my entire life into them, essentially. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it, saying that, uh, I don't have that same... Um, exp- let me let me put it to you this way. Okay. Um, Michael Jordan. Okay. Cool. Greatest basketball player of all time. He is, he, in my opinion, he is the one. I don't watch basketball on TV. I know his impact. I know what he did. Uh in general terms, uh, also my fiance put herself through university with a basketball scholarship, so basketball is a big deal in our house. Did not know. That. Um, yeah, she's a phenomenal basketball player, um, and uh, although I still beat her at basketball, and <laughs> the moment I beat her, I retire, so I will not play <laughs> basketball with her again. Um, saying that, if I were to see him, it would be like, oh, that's Michael Jordan, great, and I would just keep on walking. You know, it's not something that oh, see, that would that I would have any. It's crazy. To me. It is, but you know, when I, I, I you were here when I was narrating what happened to me with Arnold. Yeah, oh yeah. That was that was a physical experience, dude. That was a physical see, experience. That's how most people would feel around MJ. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, and I, there, there was not a single. Um, maybe there is one uh, sports person that I would have that reaction with, and it would be Mike Tyson. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Mike Tyson is Jesus meant his life. Uh, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't read it or heard it or seen it, there is a documentary on him. Uh, the, the dude is just like, what the hell? How tough as nails? No, but how? How yeah. did you get here? And uh, only once you understand where he came from, you understand some of the things that needed to happen in his life to for him to be where he's at right now. And uh, uh, I think that that would be pretty. Uh, life altering if I if I were to uh, come close to Mike Tyson but uh, uh, Robert Plant is uh, you know it's one of those ones pretty good you know, yeah it's a, it's a, that was a pretty good uh, score Robert Plant what the hell yeah. I would never go see the Beatles though uh, yeah I know yeah. I know you wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't I'm not going to change your mind. It's been, what, a year of me trying to change your mind? I mean, I think I gave up on that a long time ago but uh, the, you know there's only one other thing that you won't get me to go and do what do you think that is? Um, vote for Justin Trudeau. 
Uh, no, that's a given. Everybody knows that one. I give up then. Go play golf. Ooh, right, 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 right. Are you going to the uh, course I after am. this? I Where are you absolutely going? Absolutely, I'm uh, Humber Valley, right near the uh, the studio. Oh, is it close to here? It's about ten minutes from here. You, who's who are you playing with? My father. Oh, that's nice. You yeah. see, that's that's that's. See, that's there awesome. you go. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. If my father was alive, I would be. Um, what would I be doing? I would be philosophizing with my father. My my dad was a was a philosopher and a fighter. He fought, and um, that's I. We would probably be doing jujitsu together. That's what I I would be doing with my dad, uh, for sure. You know, and even in his old age, he he fought until the last day. I mean, that's how he died. I mean, he was he was killed in Chile when he was in his early very early sixties. He was sixty one or sixty two, and he was fighting when. You know, he actually died. But, um, yeah, that's what I would be doing. But, you know, congratulations, man. You know, you seem to do a lot of things with your parents. And, uh, you know, that's, that makes me so happy for you. Thank it's, you. It's, yeah. so, it's so important to, to remain in touch with your parents. Have you called your mother? Have you talked to your dad? Slackers. You know, remember, time goes by really fast. And I don't know a single person whose parents haven't passed away that doesn't say, I wish I would have one more day. Guess what? That day is today. Make the phone call. Don't, don't, do not let another day go by without talking to your parents. The, um, you know, today's been an interesting show. You know, it's good to see you, uh, Jacob. Uh, you know, you decided to do other things, but you will always be a friend of the show. You're always you. welcome to come in here and, Thank you. and, and shoot the crap with us. And, and Lex, you are, you have been holding the fort there strong, my brother. <laughs> Strong. What are you doing these days during the week? Uh, during the week, still doing the whole uh, traffic reporting, 5 a.m. to 12 p.m., full-time now with benefits and everything, salary, so that's great. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, keeping that keeping that good credit score up and everything. So, uh, uh, <laughs> if you remember from the last time we talked here, <laughs> you, oh, wow. you say I scored a perfect 10 on that one. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, music, I'm doing, uh, I, I've got Ringside Heat every Sunday night at 7 p.m. here. Here on the station as well, and uh, just uh, and, and even doing play by play now for uh, independent wrestling promotions in Ontario. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a that's a busy life, dude. It um, is. How is your um, how is your dating life going? Are you still single? I'm still single. My girlfriend is my career right now. I gotta I, I gotta give her the love. You know. Yeah, you you kind of have to. I think it's important for guys to understand that that you shouldn't chase butterflies. We have this discussion before. Yes, we did. Yeah, don't chase butterflies. Build a garden. Mm -hmm. Build a garden, boys. Build a garden. That's the only way that you're going to solve that uh, celibacy problem. <laughs> Involuntary <laughs> celibacy problem. You know, build a goddamn garden. That's right. <laughs> but anyways, folks, I hope that you got something out of the show today. Lots of very, very interesting conversations. Uh, if you are looking for a vehicle, if you're looking at buying a car, selling a car, leasing a car, um, trading in a car... Getting rid of a car, squashing a car. If you want some advice on what to buy, what not to buy, what to do, what not to do, you should probably make it down to Oakville Infinity Nissan. Now, saying that, I need to preface this by saying that we are, are we are under construction. The uh, the place is a mess. Um, but uh, just like everything else, you know, in order for you to build something beautiful and new, you need to destroy the old one because it was no good anymore. And uh, we decided to embark ourselves into a long process of construction uh, to provide the the town of Oakville and my customers for 
30 years now, a better dealership experience. The uh, There will be one of the nicest and most modern dealerships that you're going to have in the town of Oakville. And uh, uh, it's going the, the dealership now is going to match up the experience that we provide our customers. The, uh, I'm available to you. If you need to find me, I live at this place except Tuesdays. Tuesdays, I do laundry. And if you do come, don't bring me coffee. I I became reluctant to drink coffees that people bring me now. <laughs> Somebody, can't trust him. Uh, no, I, I I can't. <laughs> but yeah, don't 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 put me in a position. But there was one day, honestly, there was one Saturday that I had. Uh, I think it was six cups of coffee sitting in front of me lined oh, up wow. you know it's like landing planes you know at the airport they're just waiting to land I had six cups of coffee waiting for me to drink and I, I never drank I mean it was just a waste of money so uh, so don't bring coffee you don't have to do anything to get all the advice and experience that uh, that I will provide for you and your family but before you make any carbine decisions you need to come and see me at only one place Oakville Nissan Wilex because there's something happening there at OakvilleNissan.com an honor serving with you all. Autobots, roll out!